Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast number 118. You're listening to the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. This is the beautifully bearded co-host Cody, and I'm joined by... This is the Dogmaster CJ invading. Um, we got some boys with us, though. Yes, it is I, the Bone King, and as usual, I'm joined by... Adrian, the masterful dude of dooliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most and the most grandose co-hosts. <laughs> it is I, James, Dr. Rude Ramos, MD. Hi, freaks. This is a special one, isn't it? We got a real yeah. mixer going on. Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, this is sexy now. This is sexy. A we straight got a up full house. Yeah, and a lot of beautiful facial hair, <laughs> as the dude is going to point out. Yeah, I thought you were going to say wires because of robots. You know, because robots don't age. Come on. Uh, gotta, gotta tie into the label. That's how you do more. Really gotta Come brand on. it. <laughs> you gotta brand it, exactly. But no, seriously, thank you so much for joining us, Cody and CJ from Robots Don't Age. Um, it, we, we knew that when we were recording this episode, or thinking about recording this episode, we're like, yeah, we're probably gonna have to get Robots Don't Age on. This is, uh, it's gonna be quite the beast to tackle with all of us, I think, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, about eight months late because we wanted to do it for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but, yeah, it does seem like when it comes with our podcast, we tend to come around with Resident Evil very specifically. Like, that's the thing that uh, really draws us all in for the crossover episodes. Yes, in fact, because today we are going to be doing a crossover special on Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Now, if you'll excuse me. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. So, yeah, let's right. do this. That, that one was specifically for Barry, because where's Barry? Oh, yes. He's Pour one out for my Barry. He's missing so, an action. Freaks and robots, where do we want to start this off? Okay, look. Because the movie for me starts off in a real bad place. Why? It gets better, but it starts from, off pretty bad. You mean from conception, right? Because that was no. that's the bad place. <laughs> well, wait. <laughs> Pre-production? We want to go all the way there? Pre-production? No. So the on-set photos they first showed us were trash, right? We all, let's go from there. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, okay, well, well, just going through it, let's when, talk about when, it as, as things were happening, right? When so the, we get the freaking footage and, and the pictures and stuff. First thing people complain about are the actors, right? Oh my god, they don't look like the people, it's not the exact people. I'm gonna tell you right now, just from the get-go, this was never once an issue in the entire thing that we're about to talk about, at least for me. So far, uh, just prefacing all of this, because I feel like they deserve it. The actors, I don't think, did a bad job, and the casting was okay for the roles they were given. So, what do y'all think about the casting so far? I fucking adored Robbie O'Mell's Chris Redfield. I think Robbie, that, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, that Robbie is was by a good Chris. That, that is by far, in my opinion, the best casting of the movie. Mm -hmm. I think... I think that's what we should go off right now is like, who was the best cast type of thing? Sure. I'll say Leon. I second that one. Ooh. Mm. For the role he was given, <laughs> sure, but if we really call him Leon, I think we're stretching it. No, that's that's my definitive Leon as a, as my Resident Evil. I put my stamp on this guy. He is the best Leon I've so, seen yet. So I will say this, I is this is definitely how I visualize Leon. But that's because this movie was basically made for people like me. You know, Redfield mains. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a Redfield main movie. Because me as a Jill and Leon player, I'm like, uh -huh. what the ever-loving fuck? But okay, sure. That's fine. We don't need this story. Uh, Ada who? Would that be a little bit of bias on your end then? Are you just mad that you don't see more of your boy doing stuff? 
No, no, no. It's it, this is equal bias for everyone, not bias, but criticism for everyone. Even Claire and Chris, they don't have their arcs. They're Co not themselves. Cody, but we'll get further Cody, into that later. Cody, Cody, bulking yes, yes, yes. bias? No, I know no, that no, would no, be no, ridiculous. No, I never give reasoning and actual pure logic to anything it's not I like, say. Nope, never. It's not like he has a knife to grind or anything. Jesus Christ. But uh, I, moving on I from was, Chris, go ahead. Go I was ahead. not a I was not I didn't particularly care for the again, I, I, I it was a combo of the portrayal of Chris and just like this actor had kind of like a like a like he's the kind of actor who has that like Johnny Depp vibe to him. And for that's Chris? Not, no, no, no. The guy they got for Chris has that, and that's not what oh. I imagine for Chris. Like, I imagine Chris being more like your 90s, like, teen bop cover model pretty. Huh. I mean, I think mm -hmm. I got that. But, I mean, no. what was missing specifically, I think? Hmm. No, he had, like, you know, like, the more, like, you know, the facial hair and the, like, natural curls in his hair made him very, like, that bohemian chic looking. Like, like that Johnny Depp type. And that's not what I see for Chris. What? I... Are we he talking had, about Leon or Chris? How high was I, I for the I, second oh, viewer? Sorry, Jesus. So I've been, <laughs> I was I've just, been, see, I've been see, doing this like the whole confused. fucking time. Yeah, I was I'm like sorry, facial hair. Who the fuck are you talking no, about? Yeah, not, not Robbie Amell. I Chris was talking totally about, looks like a '90s heartthrob. No, what are you I talking agree. about? I, all right, I agree. I was talking about Leon. I've been. I'm gonna. Mm. Oh my god, this is gonna be a nightmare for this. I've been mixing <laughs> up names every time I talk about this movie. Some villain. Uh, yeah. Yes, fucking Leon. I imagine more as like the pretty boy type, mm -hmm. and mm. that's not what they gave you us. You didn't think he was pretty? I thought he was pretty. No, mm. I thought he was a decent looking he guy, but he wasn't yes. like that, like that pop star pretty, which is what Leon always looked like to me. Oh, okay. Uh, I like Robbie Amell. He did a great job, and personally, even though he's a different version of the character, uh, I liked Tom Hopper as uh as Wesker. Dude is jacked, my guy. Yeah. Fucking I mean, he, ripped. I mean, I know he's in a suit for most of the show, but there's a reason he plays number one in Umbrella Academy. Like he's <laughs> the bit. He's got to be the big guy. Now, wait. So we're jumping onto all the characters. Sorry, yeah. no. I, I just want. I thought we were just talking about who we liked. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So that was the best. So we're going around a best. Okay, yeah, Cody. I, what do you think I was like, best in the movie? Just, just, like, just, oh, sorry. Just Tom Hopper and and uh, Jill. That's it. Those were my the two I liked. Carry on. Mm. Good choices. Um, I don't know if this is because I want to irritate Bone King or because I honestly feel this way, but I loved Leon as the rookie cop. Like podcast, he was great. Man. It was beautiful. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. It was his first day. Like that's what it should have been like a little bit more in the game, as opposed to him becoming a fucking super cop three kills in. I didn't like it as much. Okay, I just didn't. It, what it's, super? It's simple. Whoa, whoa, it's because whoa, you're not an getting... anime fan. Okay, oh, okay. modern Leon uh, is uh, for uh, weeks uh, yeah, only. Yeah, yeah. You're factoring in a lot of exterior content that's not in Resident Evil 2 that I feel like is not going is not fair criticism here. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm glad you liked Leon. I have a feeling I'm going to have the hottest take in this entire all the hottest takes in this entire fucking podcast. You but are the hottest take. Mm. <laughs> I try. I really do. What about you CJ? Who do, who do you think was best in this movie? Oh man, I really loved Richard. Though he was really, he was so good. Though, come on, nobody's nobody's talked about Richard the whole time before you know this what? movie. The, Richard you, was an afterthought for me. You know what? That is true because he kind of he has very little lines. Obviously, he dies in the second act. But right. Oh, 
spoilers going in. Yeah. By the well, way. yeah, spoilers. <laughs> we probably should mention. Uh, spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Is it really that much of a spoiler that this random character that didn't get any fucking poster time or screen credit is going to die? Like, okay, sure. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I do like the little things. Uh, Cody and I, I guess, rewatched it today on the day of recording. Yep. And nice. one, of, one of the things I noticed was... Him, you know, obviously separating from Chris. Chris is trying to heal uh, Marini. And you see Richard pick up the samurai edge of of Dewey. And he's like, that's Dewey. And he has a pretty good action scene for what it is with a shotgun. Uh, Oh, yeah. I do kind of wish, though, he did answer the question on would he rather be eaten by a great white or swallowed whole by a snake? That tickled me so much. <laughs> well, we know his answer. Wow, it was uh, a... it was eaten off screen, basically. Well, yeah. on screen, uh, yeah. but you don't get to see anything from neck down. Yeah, but he had. I, a... I love being uh, reminded of cool scenes that I'm not going to be seeing. Yeah, <laughs> because I would have loved to have seen the giant fucking shark in the live action Resident Evil movie. That would have fixed everything. Actually, I don't know about yeah. fixing, but it would have been interesting. <laughs> At least more interesting than the generic zombie movie it was in now. But anyway, <clears throat> I guess we're moving into that now. I, I do well, wait. <laughs> before 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 I keep getting interrupted, I just wanted to point out that Richard died in a one-to-one shot remake of Resident Evil 3 uh UBCS Soldier in the opening movie. I don't know if mm, CJ okay. remembers. You yeah. remember? He's yeah. like, you want some more? And then he gets eaten. <laughs> Against oh. the wall, it's literally one to one from Resi Three. I've never like, noticed that. I would it's like. All, it, hmm. It's all right. I'm the only one in this chat that loves Resi Three as much. Well, as no, I wait, no, 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 because the uh, guy that you want some me. more, it just zooms in on his face. It didn't do the same shot. Um, I don't think. But okay. excuse no, me. No, but in I essence, fucking love essence. Resident Evil Three. Resident Evil Three gave me Jill. I like the Jill well, that well, I find hottest. Like that's uh, I love. I love Resi. I'll give you stars. And in the remake, you want stars? I'll go, uh! (laughs) You're in the hallway and he immediately punches you. And the game's immediately over because Um, they skipped a third of it. Before we go, uh, I would say my second favorite character was uh, Chief Irons. Oh, he was great. Yo, really? Let's talk about fucking Irons. I mean, I would say good. He was fucking great. That actor is amazing. He's... He shat on Leon the whole time. Uh, Donal, Donal what was the Logue. worst? Donald Logue. Donald Logue. It's, it's Donald. Donald? No, no D. Donald. No, Donald. it's Donald Logue. Donald no. Logue. Donald? No Donald Logue. Donald Logue. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> freaking Donald Logue in the general, whatever, his character... He's playing Chief Irons, right? And you're saying that, like, oh, he's he's not a good guy. Dude, all he did was try to leave and then couldn't get back. Yep. Like, he couldn't leave and then had to come back. Then he was with Leon and Claire pretty much for the entire thing. He had no problems just following them. There was no arc about him being a fucking anything. He was just a fucking side piece to get them from point A to point B. Honestly, he I don't know how you can say he, he's a, he, he even carried, still a villain at all. But he, he carried the charm. He carried the charm of the, of the first act. He carried the charm. He also okay, but that's not Chief Irons. But whatever, he, I guess. He also like, wasn't right? explicitly a good guy. And like Chris and how is he not a good guy? But, he basically went with the good guys and helped them live. He gave tried them to away abandon to several people several times. He, he kept them out of convenience several times. He was like, oh, several okay, times. My Dude, bad. He, drove, he tried he... to leave the city and didn't get to leave. Then he came back and was that's saved. The one thing. And then he was like, oh, the these thing. people can save my ass. So I'm going to use them selfishly to try to leave. 
It wasn't How is that, that using was, them selfishly and not just, just hey, comfort. I'm going to join them because they're they, trying to survive? But yeah, but that that but the point is that they're definitely more benefit to that to him than he is to them. Like he right, provided nothing really. But he's not actively really. trying to kill them or stop them. He is just sure. he's not using even really them. using them. He get, but that he make gives him them good. basically. Okay, yeah. but it doesn't make him bad so? either. Like how the games had him is bad. Increasing either way, I'm orphans. just saying. Well, all right, Cody, we're not getting to a scream match over Chief Irons. There's other characters to scream about. Jesus, all um, I'm saying is that he was a nothing character to me specifically. And he had the sort best of. lines. That, I mean, he listened to Journey. I'll give him that. Yes, I, I, that, that I did scene really was like the. Hey, uh, rookie, you're in charge now. Leaves, <laughs> come back, and, uh, and and Leon's like, "Wait, am I still in charge?" <laughs> that, I like that little bit. That was good. Glad you enjoyed Leon's only joke besides falling over. Um, Why does? This I isn't just, a Marvel movie. It doesn't need to be quippy. No. No, but I, that was the only thing they did with Leon, was just have him go, uh, I'm a rookie, you guys. Remember, I'm a rookie. Whoa! And I, fall. And that was I, basically his character. I would like to piggyback <laughs> off, uh, I forgot which one of you said it, on the who had the best lines. It was Chief Iron. <laughs> but mm. he also had some of the best camera work following his scenes like there was that there was yeah there was excellent tension in the parking lot with the dog the cerebrus mm. and there was excellent uh movement with the camera i felt during that entire car scene where umbrella closed off the city yeah. and you just have the passenger seat you're just there you're with the chief you're like oh i want to leave too we're stuck here and that i felt that was really great i really like some of the camera movements I unironically, it was featuring the chief more more often than not. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. If we're talking just like small details that we really appreciated too, um, everyone seemed to actually run out of bullets at the appropriate time. Nobody just had an unlimited amount. That's true. Yeah, but then Irons also just fired off <clears throat> a lot more times than he really should have. He was just kind of like, I have a revolver. I better fire all of them before I go back to my car. I I don't know. I mean, he's not uh, good. It just mm. he's like, maybe he, well, there you go. In the end, maybe he maybe he fudged on his training records a little bit. <laughs> You're right, <laughs> the chief bit. of police. He just survived just the bit. worst shooting attempt of all time. Like, hey, there, you, yeah, there you go, Bone. That's his. Uh, that's the umbrella connection here. Umbrella <laughs> paid for him to kind of pass <laughs> that hard. <laughs> <place. laughs> I, uh, he had subpar training because of Umbrella. No, they, I get it. Yep. We trained him wrong as a joke. And you, uh, look at how they trained the UBCS to shoot. He had no fucking right to survive. Uh, when Hunk just turned at the camera and said, hey, guys. And then that was the end. Yeah. Like, I'm well, I was going to no, say, no, no, I actually no. liked that, though. I liked them lingering on that soldier. Look, dude, I knew that Like, we didn't need more characters. I didn't need them introducing a whole ass <laughs> Hunk. Then, then but, you don't need him then. Like No, but, but I do like like just by lingering the camera on that soldier long enough, that lets you know that, oh, this is supposed to be somebody. And I like that. Well, no, we we get the implication as fans because we recognize the gas mask. Yeah. But we don't have any confirmation that that even is Hunk. But it, that doesn't it's just matter. a guy in a gas mask. It's a nice yes. nod then. I'll, it'll be hung. It's, it's a my nod. head cannon. Exactly. Fine, but it's just that this whole movie was filled with nods with really no purpose to me. But we're getting on a whole bunch of different topics. Are we done with the characters? Oh, wait. Us going on tangents and unstructured discussion? That's wild. It's never happened on Netflix. I know. God forbid I rang us back in. I'm just saying. We were talking rang. about characters. For, for those that, the, I know. That was the for, word for, I chose. For those that want structure, Breaking head over again. to our sister podcast, 
robots don't age where you can find them on Spotify. <laughs> structure is right. a bold term. Full but thank structure. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stuff. Should we should we talk about people we didn't like? Mm. Okay. I could start since I started the characters we liked. Birkin. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, Birkin. Mm. Oh, and or he, the dude. Oh. That's fine. We'll talk about Birkin. Let's do it. Well, so here's the thing. I like Neil McDonough. Mm-hmm. He's I a like, good actor. I like him, but uh, this was this was rough. Again, none of the actors were bad. I, I still believe in that. As I said at sure. the beginning of the show, everyone did their role to the fullest. I just thought the roles themselves were not very interesting on their own. That's all. I, I feel this is the second time Neil McDonough has a shitty video game script. And he has to suffer through it. You would bring well, the, the first fighter. Bison. Street Fighter, the legend of Chun-Li. Oh my god, oh. he was Bison. Yep. Jesus Wait, that's Christ. him? Mm. Yeah. Not in, in, in the legend of Chun-Li. Not the original Street Fighter yeah. movie. I was going to say, no. didn't that guy die? Like, no, what? that's Raul Julia. <laughs> oh, if Raul Julia had to come back reincarnated as Neil McDonough, I mean, is that a punishment? And it levitates me! No, not that I'll guy. take Julia's Birkin, to be honest. It's not a problem, right? <laughs> really interesting. Ooh, interesting. Gomez Birkin. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to have a generic mad scientist, I mean, would he not, like, nail oh. the role super hard? Sure. Like, very much. He, it would have been a waste to use him on Burke, and you would have wanted to use him as Wesker, even. But yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Well. <laughs> so most of us agree that this Birkin was, to some to some degree, flat. Shitty. Flat, yeah, shitty. I, thumbs forced? down. Just forced? Absolutely. Nothing, nothing against Neil. Neil, if you want to be on our show, please do. But he's listening but right now. Neil, Neil had the shittiest script, I feel, compared to all the other mm-hmm. actors. The, all the other actors had some fun, something there that was interesting. But Birkin just had the worst generic mad scientist there. Yes. Just like, beige. Like, like, uh, okay. like, 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 to ev- be fair. He he did have kind of a generic mad scientist thing even in the games. I'll even fucking attest to that. However, he was so involved with his work that he was a recluse. He just basically has a family and he's just a guy. But see, that's oh. the point. That's the problem though. Is that <laughs> is the orphanage in the original it's game? The <laughs> when you make him, you know, when you have the original version of him in the game, and you make him a recluse who's so self-involved in his work. That by default opens up like a subsection of traits. You know, you mm. get that obsessiveness, you get that maliciousness, you get that, you know, the the viciousness of him. In this one, for most of the movie, he's portrayed as like a family man. Yeah. Up uh-huh. until like one really forced line where he's trying to convince Chris that like, I never loved you. Like no, that no, no. Whole thing. they hinted at it, but trust me, it was even more ham-fisted. They had Claire look at him at the parking lot or in yeah. the middle of the fucking four-way or whatever, and then they looked at an old-timey fucking um, projector, and they saw the yeah. Alfred uh, Alfred twins or whatever, Ashford, Ashford twins. What do you got, Cody? So there you go. I would just want to say that my biggest issue with Birkin is probably when he goes full B.O.W. and he won't shut the fuck up. Yes. He won't stop talking. Oh, God, Yes. I fucking hate that when movies and games do that. Look, I get it. You want to have the monster be menacing and get exposition across, but he's a fucking monster. <laughs> Half the time when they do this, they don't even have the lungs to do it. But he did in this one, I guess. Do they not get Talk that it's comical at this point? I think it's because of the CG yes! movies. We've allowed talking tyrants. This is too much. When that happened, I'm like, Paul W.S. Anderson. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh-huh. You're not wrong. Yeah. You mean uh. the executive producer of this film? <laughs> of, <laughs> of Resident Evil Extinction? 
Um, no, uh, he was uh, the executive uh, producer of no. this film. Oh, I know. Of Welcome to Raccoon City. Yes, <laughs> I know. For the listener, when I saw I, that and the first trailer, I knew what we were getting, uh, and I accepted <laughs> it. Granted, that doesn't mean he's writing it. It doesn't mean he's like really directing it. Even it just means that it got his seal of approval, which already kind of like, oh damn, okay. There, yeah. There's <laughs> have a lot of control, actually. Can, you think so? Oh, they do. Can, they absolutely. Okay. Do. He definitely but, had a heavy hand in at least some of that as an EP, I'd imagine. Unless they just had some sort think, of contractual okay. thing, like because of the other movies, but then that wouldn't make sense. Like, I don't think he's in perpetuity going to be connected to the RE movies. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> we're probably um, getting a reboot in like two weeks it's <laughs> so even though it was his chattiest phase i do like the first phase of the tyrant transformation the way it looked it, um, it was good and and i like that i okay yes i know <clears throat> bone but no i'm just gonna be shrugging I, through the entire podcast i like that we finally got uh, a resident evil movie with monsters with weak points yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I like that we got the weak points, man. That's such a like key part of Resident Evil. Like that's you know you need those big eyes that you know to shoot. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. The um whatever apocalypse, not apocalypse, but one of the later ones uh. with Mila, they had the RE5 executioner and they had his Plaga thing come out. So there's a weak point. Oh, I guess Yay. that's. I'm sorry, I blanked most of those movies out of my memory after like three. <laughs> Star power, bitch. as you should. I, I love really those look, movies for a different reason. I like the first two and a half of those, and that's about it. I agree. Yeah. I, I like one and two. Yeah, I, I do too. And I, then I actually think uh, one of the one of the later like it has a weird little up curve in quality for me. Like hmm. for me, I, I really like one and two, and then it sinks, and then I don't remember which one. But there's one in the middle there that I kind of re- liked again, and then it got shitty again. Yeah. Oh, it was Afterlife, I can assure you. I think, yeah, you're right. It was Afterlife. <laughs> that that game was only fun because it recreated scenes from Resident Evil 5 for me, though. Yeah. And we we know how we feel yeah. about that one. It's, uh, so, <laughs> I like can that. I just fucking say? Because no. I've been... <laughs> <laughs> then we all go quiet. <laughs> go ahead, dude. So, like, I was saying about Birkin, right? Like, uh... There's there's these things that he does in the games that you feel more uh, like he's pathetic in terms of mm. he thinks of himself as a god, which is the generic mad scientist thing. But here you have so much of the of the oh, no, I'm a good father figure. Oh, let's get Sherry out. Annette's not a character. No. And Sherry, no. Sherry neither is Sherry, but neither is Sherry. Yeah. Like we were talking about characters. There's Vickers, Annette, Sherry that aren't characters. They, yeah. they're they're You might as well just call them NPCs at that point because they they have maybe a line mm-hmm. or two. It, otherwise, yes, the film, I feel, just has really two dimensional characters. But then again, it's supposed to be a B C list zombie movie and it doesn't really succeed in other aspects as a film i feel that's the main point we got to go with here that while yes birkin's the worst character the movie overall doesn't have like memorable performances yeah there's loads of those that like you listed that you forget like oh yeah brad was in that wasn't he He just kept playing yeah <laughs> I mean, was there anyone who was like, "Oh, I can't wait to see Brad live action, man! It's gonna be you, great, dude." It's like when Mortal Kombat happened and people cried about Natara and Reiko. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, we lost Chicken Heart. 
but even but even if even if it's just the weirdest thing because he's such a side character that doesn't even do much in the games you didn't even have to do a lot to get him right you just had to make him scared. Yes. <laughs> that's literally it. But apparently that's too much. You Mo know what I mean? And if that's too much, don't even have him in the movie then. Like, why? Movie vickers prove game vickers right in that you got to keep flying around Resident Evil 1 instead of just staying there landed <laughs> yep. and playing Snake. So. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Point. 100%. <laughs> Justified it. And b before before uh, we get off this, I really wanted to bring this up about Leon to CJ and Cody, who also play Outbreak as much as uh, Bonking does. No, doesn't don't. it feel... Oh, well, fuck you then. <laughs> uh, so CJ then. Uh, doesn't it feel, because I keep saying it, but you won't acknowledge it, that Kevin Ryman and Leon in this movie are the same character almost? I, I think... You told... I think... Yeah, he, okay, so visually I see that. Um... But okay. also, he's a drunk alcoholic. I think like that's one of Kevin's well, main features. Yeah, I, it would be okay. I could see that if it was like Kevin's first day, and he just kept reminding you about it. I mean, no, but the way we're introduced to Leon, he's drunk and hungover. You see a bottle of Jack on the other mm -hmm. nightstand. You see a bottle of beer here. The and entire film, the entire film, what does Leon have equipped? A forty-five handgun, which is the same handgun that that Kevin always oh, very has. Very good eye, yeah. He doesn't okay. have the Matilda, so it feels that like that's a, oh, that bothered you. That bothered me. I need Leon with his Matilda. Um, it was a big. <laughs> it's okay. Matilda's a big part of Leon's identity, though, especially that Resident Evil Two when they released that shot of him and Claire. Claire's holding the shotgun. He's holding a Colt. Um, yeah. That that the only part that bothered me of those early images was Claire holding a shotgun. And Leon holding a Colt, not a Matilda. Yeah, yeah, because you would rather have her holding like a, a grenade launcher. Yeah, VP seventy. Well, so, <laughs> yeah. so here's the thing, right? Like, I, if I wanted to be nitpicky, I'd be like, yeah, no, Claire never uses the shotgun. But I wasn't expecting them to just go, okay, here's the grenade launcher. <laughs> We're gonna give her just a standard shotgun, just because mm. it, Claire can actually hold it in real life. It's not like the games where she's allergic to them. Oh no, no, it's a little bit different. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, but you know, Adrian said this thing about um, this Leon being like a mixture of Leon and Kevin. And honestly, I don't look, I, I, I appreciate the way you're seeing that right now, but I'm kind of having a hard time seeing it other than just him being an alcoholic. Because, yeah, Leon, which, by the way, oh, my God, I'm going to have a hard time with this episode. Um, Leon is supposed to be late for his first day because he, you know, either partied too much or fucking drank. We really don't know what he did. But the idea is, is that he was, he overslept and he was late for his first day. And that's why he shows up to where he can actually survive because he wasn't part of the initial outbreak infection. Which in this movie, they completely sidestep that, but still show us him waking up in bed for some reason. Because he's supposed to be like, I guess, tired, even though he's not late to his first day, which is the whole point of him being tired. Mm. Uh, like, it doesn't, why? It doesn't make any sense. So even then, he just goes to the RPD, he's just a rookie, you know what I mean? And this is kind of the end of it. Is your argument and that we'll you could cut out him waking up in bed? Because I could agree with to that. No, because I'm just saying, like, the connection to Kevin and Leon, I don't see a connection to either. He's just a guy who works at the police station and drank okay. in the at some point. You know what I mean? There's no, like, 
Kevin at least is like somewhat jeering and, and brash and he's j willing to jump to the front line. He's like, may I have it pretty please? He's, and he's, he's cocky very about much, it. Yeah, and then this guy was just kind of in the background just kind of saying fuck every now and then. Yeah, yeah uh, Leon, Leon, I told uh, Bone King this before we started the show. Leon curses so fucking much in comparison to his previous times. Mm. He's very... In the games, he's very, oh, Jesus Christ, what the hell is that? And this one, it's fuck oh. this, fuck that. Mm. He was an extra on the on the show Sopranos. Well, don't you know that yeah. if you curse more, it makes it more mature? That That's just a rule mm. of writing. I mean, we maybe that's just because that's how I speak on a regular basis. I just didn't notice. That was, <laughs> yeah, it was very unnoticed. They that That's how they nailed the Midwestern aspect, okay? Yes. You have to say fuck after every fucking thing, or else we don't got any fucking no. thing to say to you, fuck. He's not wrong. I will, <laughs> I will say I did find it a little weird, and I, I don't mean to break away from Resident Evil, God forbid, but something else I watched recently that I also kind of felt like, oh, it's weird because they don't do this, is like in Cowboy Bebop, the live action, which we're not talking about, relax, I'm just saying... <laughs> It's a lot more uh pro it's a lot more profane mm. than it's a, than than the than the anime. And that is weird to me cuz I'm not used to hearing like Faye drop 3 F bombs in an episode, you know what I mean? Y you can curse I feel in modern media who cares, but like to put it so much so where it's distracting, it's like yeah. this doesn't really make it accentuate the 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 actual intensity. By the way, here's a good example. Wow, I'm sorry to bring in not another Resident Evil example. Silent Hill 3 has a moment at the end where she finally curses for the first time in the entire game. And it's such a big moment because they saved it for the end. But if they're just going to sprinkle it through the entire show, it loses its effectiveness. I, That's all. I think it goes back to what CJ was saying with the... Uh fact that, you know, Midwest, you just swear a fucking lot, man. What do you do? You know, it's yeah. cold here. We don't fucking like it. It's miserable. <laughs> We're miserable pieces of shit in the Midwest, well, right? It's a very flat land. There's nothing going on up here. If you're hearing me, get out of the Midwest because Umbrella probably is real out here if I had to go off so the So I guess of the if we're going to mention characters, I mean, and you, you brought up the Midwest... Like, let's talk about the town of Raccoon City, because mm. it normally is a character. It's Ooh. got a lot of depth in the games. So in this, we notice that Raccoon City is very sparse. Everybody has left town because, I guess, it's cost too much to live there, well, or the only people... Wait, how does it work? No, Someone explain it's it. it's a shithole, well, not... and everyone left for better opportunities along with Umbrella. So I'm, like, looking at Raccoon City, and I, I can't help but feel like, yes, it probably is, by definition, a city, but this is not the city that, you know atmospherically, uh, you know, aesthetically, it usually is in every iteration that it's ever shown before. So, anyone think that's interesting? It's a city well, with a dead raccoon in it. What do you want? <laughs> One dead raccoon. There's a dead raccoon the on the problem. side of the road. It should be a whole... It should be a whole bunch because I, it's supposed to be a city. I think it sort yeah. of was a great way to sort of explain away having a smaller budget. Um, you could sort of justify the town only having one liquor or maybe one dog. Um, that was a, a, a big pill to swallow for me. But, you know, again, uh, I was embracing that small, dying Midwestern town. Big corporation leaves town. All the jobs are gone. So what is... Sure, sure. So you have this and sort I, of I feel small like you city... Could still... hmm? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, you sort of have this sort of uh, impact of what used to be, I guess, used to be a big city, judging by... Because the RPD is still looks pretty much the same size, even though we only got... Like two hallways and a main lobby. They basically just stuck this building that was supposed to be like, you know, surrounded by larger buildings in the middle of this open field. And it's like, yep, that's the RPD station. It's a huge 
organic, like organic, exotic library, and it's so fucking huge, but it's in this podunk town where it's like, there's a fucking cow field right there, and like, I get it, like, you could still have the whole entire thing about, oh, there's a low economy in the town, and it's like, people are trying to, people are leaving, like, you could still do all that, but just still have it be in a city, like, I, I, I get it, but it feels like you didn't have to make the audience swallow that pill, you could have just built around it and just had the audience not question it. Maybe, maybe I feel with CJ, the real question is the real BOW is Sony Pictures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because 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 all we kept hearing about, at least through you know through the grapevine, is that Sony during post production cut the budget because they figured it was going to bomb. Mm. They release it a couple days before Thanksgiving, where everyone's traveling to their families. It's they also cut the CGI budget. Oof. It looks pretty shoddy. There's some editing here that I'm just like they just mailed it in on the edit sometimes. Mm. There's shit just, here I, you could have cut and nothing nothing would have changed. Would it have been too much to just sort of like, I don't know, hire five more extras just to be the other police officers at the station? Or just something to make the town feel like it's populated by other than just these five characters? Hey, you have the diner. Yeah. Which was empty, as far as I remember. Like, there's the we didn't house. even we we didn't even see a cook for fuck's sake. We just saw the the yeah, waitress. The waitress. She's she's doing it. The cook's uh, the cook is actually in the Crimson Head stage. He's the only one that got enough time. Okay, but a Crimson Head cook, we do realize, would just put out the fastest amount of meals. He like, would. I would actually, that would be efficient. Yeah, Holy very shit. efficient. You know what a prep. But moving so. I could see it them being like, oh man, we're going to save so much money using this in the CG later. We're not going to cast that many people. The monster's going to look great. They get to pose and Sony's like, hey, so about that budget we gave you, we're going to have to slash it a little bit. Um, yeah. How do you like yeah. using cardboard cutouts for your monsters? What? We put all our budget in the liquor already. <laughs> you get one shot of the monsters. No different angles. Just that's it. Okay? You can stay on that shot as long as you want. We're not looking at other angles. That's all you get. Yeah, you know that boss fight? We're going to have to cut quite a bit of that, too. Sorry about that. Yeah, let's... How uh... many stages did you say this thing had? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> But just on the, t I, I, I honestly like, I get all the reasons we've talked about, and to be honest with you, some of them make sense. Like I get, mm. like honestly, the idea of having the population of Raccoon City leave because it's a small town whose main economic source, being uh, Umbrella, has left, and so the population is dwindling. That's <laughs> honestly, that's a little smart. That's kind of smart to me. Is it? Oh no, the zombies are attacking the empty town. I, <laughs> like, I think that, okay, so I think that also, I, I did but, like their take on the small town like he was saying, because when they get to the RPD gates, that's literally the whole fucking town. Yeah. <laughs> but asking like, that's for a, help. Yeah, that was a good scene, I'll agree. I did, and if like, anything, that was one of the very few additions that I think actually helped build the narrative. The dude and I talked about this, and I know you don't particularly agree, Bone, uh, but the fact that it's a, a small population and it's a different method of eliminating Raccoon City. Cause we, we and th that's another big change is that in this one, we don't really see a lot of government involvement in any of the events here in Raccoon City at it all. all seems to be umbrella a hundred percent. So at the end of the movie, when instead of nuking Raccoon City, we get this silent kind of implosion Oh, we're jumping device. there. Oh, oh we're well, jumping on. all the way. <laughs> well, it, well, it's a combination of these two things. 
So you combine that with the fact that it's a small town with a dwindled population, you get a much more realistic scenario where Ra- where Umbrella could be trying to keep this quiet. Where sure, they're trying but- to sweep this under the rug. But the whole point of Raccoon City was that this was the one thing they couldn't sweep under the rug. It was the big thing that revealed the, what Umbrella was to the populace. Like, That's they already were hiding the things in the lab and every other fucking instance, I guess, before then and whatever Mon was and shit. I'm just saying that, like, Raccoon City, the incident, the tragedy, is hardly a tragedy when the city is mainly empty. I understand that, like, oh, it's a smaller town and there's a less populace and, like, yeah, it represents the realistic Midwest, but that's not what I wanted. Is it more important to make a realistic Midwest than to capture the aesthetics and actual tone of the thing you're adapting? I think I don't they captured think, I never, the tone they were going for. Yeah, I feel like well, it, they didn't. I don't. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> as I was, I mean, as I said earlier, I think it was just whole, largely a production side issue. Of uh, I guess you know, as he pointed out, the budget was cut later. But look, going into this, they had to know doing a fresh reboot of this would have uh, would either really good or really bad. Um. No but strong. if you have a small budget, why tackle one and two? Why tackle the big city fucking again? action showcase? Like, again? That's such a... Yeah, again. Ag- again. Again, no. Again, from what I was saying, the time that we found out, or at least we're hearing about, that they cut the budget substantially was in post-production of the yeah. film. Yeah, so it, it can't even like, justify we're, we're, that. We're, we're talking about where we're doing finishing touches, the CGI, the sound mixing, everything's been shot. So at this point, the the director, all the people, the crew, they were like, okay, we're making a good movie. We're going to have a good budget at the end to fix everything up. And then, oh, lo and behold, no, we have to cut all this shit. We have to cut all that. Fuck, bro. The, the, the actor who played Richard... He posted a, a a picture of apparently a bunch of shotgun shells with a bunch of BOWs that were supposed to show, and they never showed it. We don't know how much they cut during post and production. This isn't the first time Sony's done something like this. True. Sony, Sony and Warner Brothers are notorious for cutting budgets to save the most amount of money on a failure of a project. It's it's not new. It's always happened in in the state of uh, Hollywood. It's a very good but, point. But I really want to get back to the whole thing of the sets because that's where most of the budget was. While we talked about RPD being like an eyesore by comparison because you have that overhead shot of Raccoon City, which looks kind of shitty, and then you just see the huge RPD. You don't see oh, a you hospital. Mean like you don't the, see like a fire exterior. Station. Okay. Yeah. All right. I see what you mean. Because in right. interior, it looks beautiful, yeah. but you're saying an eyesore exterior. Right, because it's such a huge station. You don't see a hospital. You don't see a fire station. You see little houses, and then there's this yeah. massive mansion of an RPD. I agree, and, yes. And then I liked Spencer Mansion. I thought it was going to be very small, but I liked it. How do you guys feel? I think they pulled it off pretty well. Oh, yeah. See, it's, yeah. It felt very surreal to me to see that opening shot. Even with the RPD lobby, it almost didn't even look real. Um, oh yeah, with the maiden statue. Yes, none of it looked. It, it, I mean, it was clearly real. You've seen the pictures they built those sets, but still, to me, I guess maybe because you know, gamer, we're like, oh yeah, we've been there. 
It's so pretty. <laughs> well, yeah. the scale is obviously a little bit off, too. Everything's mm. a little bit, you know, smaller to accommodate the shot, I guess, or whatever they were trying to do. But yeah, it feels a little bit tacky because, again, there's no other officers walking around to give it that grandeur or anything. They're just, it's just this one lonely shot of the hall, and that's all we get of the RPD. It's, it's the main foyer and the front gate. But if we're going to talk about the mansion, I will say... The mansion itself probably has some of the best scenes mm. I thought yeah. were in this movie. Oh, I know a scene so... you guys loved. Yeah, mm. when we will get to that though, because we were supposed to be on characters, because we didn't talk about Jill or anything yet. But Wait, right. Jill was what, in what this? else we got about? <clears throat> yeah, yeah never mind. We're Claire. done. You're right. Never mind. You're right. We're done. I liked Jill. I don't know what all y'all's problem is. What decision did she make in the film oh, other than I'm God. trying to live? Like. <laughs> What other decision is there to make in a zombie outbreak movie? Also, George, let's also Ways talk about survive? the fact. That's what they do in the game. That is a way to survive. No, but there's things that happen in the zombie movie that are supposed to test the characters and make them make active decisions. They're always trying to survive. Yes, but what I felt is that Jill had nothing to do and she was basically sidelined to just basically have, hey, Jill, you're a cool character, right? Yup. All right. So and that's it. Every Here's character had the same thing. Go, go. And this. we talked about this, and we talked about this a bit. But look, whether or not you agree with the decision to have this many characters in a movie is not relevant to this point. The fact uh, is, they did. Okay. No, hold on. Just give me a second. I mean, uh, it. Re- to, okay, go ahead. To, I'm saying it's not relevant to the point I'm making now. The fact okay. is, they did decide to have this many characters. So when you do that, you have to decide. Who's going to be your primary, secondary, and tertiary characters? You have to. Period. Okay? So <laughs> so they obviously decided that the Redfields were the main character. Mm-hmm. And they gave Jill and Leon secondary character status. And I feel that for a secondary character, Jill did enough. I obviously disagree, and I okay. feel as though that the, the idea of, hey, let's combine two massive stories into one actually does factor into this, because I didn't ask them to have this many freaking characters in here, and that's why you have to freaking limit what you see and what characters can do, but I've seen other action movies that handle ensemble casts that give them something to do outside of just, I'm gonna be basically next to Wesker the entire movie. For like, example... For example, I mean, if you uh, the biggest one I can think of is fucking Avengers Endgame, but that's obviously ah, three fucking hours long. See, but, but, that, but not just that. Avengers Endgame is not the first movie in the series. It's not the movie that introduced those characters. Man's got a point. Sure. Okay, all right, well, let's take it to something like, uh, f- I don't know, one of the basic, like, Marvel movies, I guess. Right, well, we'll do <laughs> Spider-Man, I guess, right? I don't know. There's there's the new um far from home kind of thing where where it's Tom Holland and guy in chair or whatever. He's a supporting character, but he actually has things going on. Oh, wow, I realized who Spider-Man was. Oh, hey, so I'm going to help him out with the tech stuff. And there's a bit of a drama. Like there's shit going on with him. You know what I mean? Then just, hey, Jill's there because that's what she was yeah, in this but movie. See, you, Jill was not Ned. Okay, Jill was the love interest, basically. Jill was, uh, oh my god. I in a, but in a Resident Evil movie, that feels like, no, the, no, no, why no. even have her? Uh, like, no, I no, don't no, no, know. no. What I'm saying is that, uh, that Jill was not, uh, Ned. Like, you, Ned was more of a primary character than you're giving him credit for. Mm-hmm. Jill was a secondary character, 
Much like, uh, oh my god, I can't believe I but forgot. Why? But no, no, Spider-Man but why make Jill a Mary secondary Jane? character Mary when Jane? she's one? Of... I don't know. All I'm saying, it's a. I feel like it's it's a a a um. What's it called? Um, it doesn't meet its potential. Is that fair enough to say? I feel like it was a lacking opportunity with such a strong character from the game. If I hated Liz everything Allen, that didn't meet its potential, I hate myself more than I do. Okay, and we don't have time for that. <laughs> well, I think well, it's, right, I did want to point so, out the ridiculousness. How does that of... make you feel, Mister Cody? <laughs> Sometimes at night, I cry myself to sleep. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's your mother's fault. Anyway, go ahead, uh, CJ. Can verify. I also take some credit for that. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just want to point out the ridiculousness of us arguing characters with the original Resident Evil characters, because honestly, until Resident Evil Four, characters were not very well written at all in Resident Evil. Yes, and Jill in this movie, she's acted just like ninety percent of the female veterans I've had as friends. She acted like a real person. Leon, as well, sort of felt more real to me than, you know, this sort of um, guy that just can get his shit together like that. And that's something that I really loved beer. about the remake game as well with Leon. The introduction of, we, we touched on it, his cussing during action made him feel a bit more real to me. So I appreciated that this movie took these characters, except maybe Wesker, and wanted to make them a bit more real. Though, I suppose with the arc of Wesker... In this film, I could I could live with that. I, I think the I, I think the problem with Wesker is that Tom Hopper is just naturally like charismatic. Yes, not like he's too nice he, to be Wesker. He, he looks too yeah. sexy. No, I agree. Fuck. But but wait, hold on. I I obviously disagree. Like that the original trilogy uh, actually characterized these characters. Like later on, four, five, and six started giving anime explanations to things, and I can't account for that. What I can't account is for stuff inside. One, two, and three. I, okay? I just want to well, say... God, Cody's about to cry. What's I've been up? hoping so badly that CJ would bring this up so you two could argue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because, like, the original trilogy, like, I get it. They're not the most deepest and, oh, my God, the craziest, most, uh, like, they've got so many things going on. But they do have a story, at the very least. Like, maybe Resident Evil 1 doesn't have as much of detail as Resident Evil 2. Because Resident Evil 2 has the whole thing. Leon has Ada. Uh, Claire has Sherry, which are both completely missing in this movie, by the way, giving them absolutely no relation to their arc or whatever characterization they're supposed to have. But whatever with that, I honestly think that they're, they do have characterization. You could have Jill sort of have this whole thing about um, literally needing to. Uh, OK, because now Barry's not out of is it fucking out of the movie for whatever reason, because they. They did the same thing that they that they did with Leon and Claire that they did with Jill and Chris. They took out their most supporting character, sabotaged their story, just to basically have them to be as generic as possible. Well, so like Barry's out, so Jill's entire thing about trusting people is gone. Uh, Rebecca's out, so Chris's whole thing about mentoring is gone. And any fucking lead up to Wesker actually being a villain when Barry gets fucking blackmailed or Rebecca gets shot. Gone, gone, gone. He's just a guy. Everyone's just a guy. Or a girl, obviously. So, uh, okay, so just judging off of games. Boom, playing the games. No comic books. They don't exist. Okay, so Barry. The characters themselves, they're very generic. They're not really thought out well because they're not supposed to be, especially with the first Resident Evil. Look at the voice acting and scripting. Even in the original Japanese, from what I understand, it's not that well. Um, well, look, even with even with the scripting, 
regardless of how it was portrayed, like in terms of quality of acting, the characters had story beats. Oh, sure. They, which is more than they even have in this movie. The, the cat in the hat also had a, a story beats, but he never felt like a real person. Whereas <laughs> okay, now okay, these cats... Oh, we're sure. not talking about... No, no. We're not talking about, oh, this is a real person. And by the way, Ken the hat... Really? Like, <laughs> that character A has a lot of character, hence why Dr. Seuss yeah. is so fucking applauded for making characters. The, the whole point is... No, he's literally a it, villain. I don't know what you're talking he, about. He acts okay. like every a other person A villain can I've be met. a character, my friend. Come on. But he's not. Either, but he's, are we anyway, talking the Mike Myers version? <laughs> oh. Yes. That, that is horrifying. Oh, but no, like, what, what I'm trying to say is that the characters, even though they didn't have a ton of depth... They had a story, and they learned something by the end of the story. Okay. There is none of that here that feels even remotely earned. I can, I, I know what you're saying. This goes back to wasted potential. Now, if they could have taken those uh, character arcs from the games we love, which definitely expands on the characters in the games, because they're you know the hours thing they're spending a whole bunch of money adapting. By the way, yeah, See, that's, go ahead. I think we're more in trouble when it comes to anything as fans of these bigger properties, Mortal Kombat, Resident Evil, blah 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 is that the, the source material has a lot of source to it. Um, but you can you're not pick gonna and choose that. as the producer. You're not you gonna, know what I mean? One of them did. That's why we had a talking B.O.W. Yeah. But mm -hmm. the, but it feels like they didn't even... They, they read the Wikipedia entry. for They read the Wikipedia entry for every character at the first sentence and said, that's all we need. I, Leon's a rookie? That's it. I that we don't need anything with Ada. Because this movie did mm. zombies better than the fucking games did. The games were oh. inconsistent as fuck on the oh. zombies. Okay. The, to be honest, though, journal. how so, hard is it to fuck so up can, zombies can, in a zombie movie? Like, can, can oof, we talk about own. that now? The zombies? Yeah. Well, only if we're only if I could just finish my my my, or if people understand my thought that yes, these characters no. had arcs. Like, I, I'm tired of people saying like, oh my gosh, it was just plain and people don't want to watch people walking around solving puzzles. You can choose what parts of the element of the story to fucking portray in your adaptation. But if you just ignore all of it other than just very baseline representations, what's the point? Anyway, go ahead. I mean, Sorry. you're allowed to have your wrong opinion. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you are as well. We're all wrong. Okay. All of you. <laughs> Every um, single one of you. Okay, I just want to say, I just want to say, I really need CJ versus George to be a thing. We need the case of. We need right, the well, case CJ of. On a case of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to use my subtle tactics of uh, de-escalate an argument by saying, yeah, I think you're actually talking about the uh, disappointment you had by not including all that wasted potential of the great characters they wrote in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Because <laughs> it just... It, it's not even it's there's potential and then there's baseline expectation and it didn't even meet that but, but, okay. but anyway james you wanted to talk about the zombification mm -hmm. really quick. well uh yeah let's let's get into that because that is actually one of my favorite parts of this movie agreed mm -hmm. um agreed. i really so it's so to, to explain to those of you who haven't watched the movie and are listening because you're masochists um they, they want, want to save, save ten dollars. Yeah, they want to save. They want to save ten dollars. And see, George is bitching a lot for someone who didn't pay to see this movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know I think God, I didn't pay anything for this movie. Thankfully, Doctor Rude covered my ticket. Otherwise, I would probably be like, I need a refund. But no, I'm joking. By the way, the again, the movie itself wasn't like, oh my gosh, it's offensive. 
but it was just like so generic when there could have been so much more. Anyway, you were saying something, Dr. Rue, before we keep interrupting you. So, uh, the but the zombification in this movie is definitely different, or at least different than most interpretations we've seen across Resident Evil games or movies. Because most of the time, in a lot of like zombie genre, like, you, sure, you get sick and you're dying from the infection or whatever, but you, the point is, you die... And then you come back. Like, you wake up and you're a fucking cloudy-eyed zombie. I kind of like just the slow turn of, like, a perfectly normal person to feeling sick, to feeling like you're going fucking insane, mm -hmm. to slowly turning into a monster. Like, that seems so much more horrifying to me. Resident like, Evil does that, but it's super inconsistent in the games. Yes, Whereas yeah. one person will have like, they'll turn in four seconds and another person will take like three mm. days. So yeah. it's just never been really consistent. So there's nothing I can say. It's whatever. It was, yeah, it so, was more consistent here, yes. I mean, did you get right. your virus vaccine? That's really the thing that's gonna help alter that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh my I God, felt that do you guys remember movie. that? Yeah. Yeah. With Ben, he's like, "Did you you took a little shot you, or a pill? You didn't even notice something. You're just gonna drop a vaccine reference on us." No, they're explaining why the main characters don't get infected when they get bit, mm -hmm. even well, though they never get bit in this movie. No, just from you the know, water too. Chris that's how everyone else got infected. Like everyone uh, else in the town I, got infected by the water, so that's why they're trying to explain away why the cops were infected. Is that how that happened? Yeah. Yes. I thought people just got infected from zombies or they, the, the way it happened no, in the game, the crows. It was the, it was the water slowly mm. making them sick, like they said. Like you said, because they, they showed the crows, Jill shot it or whatever, and it was all decrepit. So I assumed it was the same way the games did with the crows and the rats. No, it was the um God, not the Watchmen, the guy that was taking care of the dogs in the fucking game. His journal entry. It was basically just that for the townspeople. That's yeah. why Itchy Tasty came into play. It was just them slowly turning until. Just like that neighbor, they all kind of lost their shit and became zombies, and that's when she was, like, unable to control herself, thus the reference to the itchy tasty, because that's how that guy turned. Yep. It was a slow progress. That's Just like why the rest it of town. I... Did it have four, or did it just say itchy tasty? Itchy tasty. Just I, it, I just itchy, itchy tasty. tasty. No oh, four. Okay, cool. Because if it had the four, I'm like, it's not a journal entry anymore. Why would it have the four? But no, but it was just <laughs> it like, doesn't have the four. It was giving us the nod of the slide into madness that that guy had, except pretty much everyone in the town seemed to go that way. Mm -hmm. To be honest, out of all the Easter eggs and nods and references that I thought I'd be upset over, I thought I was going to hate that. It was not really all that bad. It was two seconds, and it was small potatoes to the lack of things that was thrown around later. So, I don't know. I cool. felt it was deeper than that. I felt like because this, they're looking at, they're taking that, I guess she's, we can call her Mother Zombie. Yeah. What do we want to call her? Mama mother, Zombie? Yeah. Mama Zombie? She, she actually, wait, Mom she B. actually has a name. Hmm? Uh, no, it's, it's Sickly Mom. Sickly Mom. Okay. Sickly Mom. <laughs> so, I know this because I was looking up the cast mm -hmm. and like the, the, the actress picture for Sickly Mom is like very attractive. Which is really weird for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's like her in, like, this very lovely nightgown. And I'm like, who are you? Or this very lovely evening gown. And I'm like, who is this? <laughs> I don't remember her in the movie. But no, yeah, it's Sickly Mom. So I felt like Sickly Mom there um, was sort of uh, part of our little lean-in to that journal itself. Because a big part of the film, well, it's not really that big, uh, but it's definitely the memorable part we were discussing, is uh, seeing these people sort of... Uh, 
change. You see this woman kind of maddening. Clearly something's wrong with her when Jill, or Claire, rather. <laughs> Alice, let's just call her Alice, first sees her <laughs> through the window. Uh, so when Alice first sees Sickly Mom. That's Miss Yovovich to you. <laughs> when she first sees her through the window, you get, okay, something's wrong with this woman and her ugly-ass kid. Um, and then <laughs> later on. Kid. <laughs> it, it, and now they repurpose that Sherry like line. Opie you need help. from like the Andy Griffith show on like ten kinds of meth. Oh my god, <laughs> that was a dated Intense. reference. Uh, <laughs> no. Don't worry, we'll provide like external links if they need help. Yeah. Don't worry, Super you, you damn, we'll catch them up. Damn millennials. <laughs> Either way, I, um, so she sort of was sort of a catalyst for that journal entry herself. Though the they sort of did better on the waitress in that regard, so that kind of just defeated my point. Um, so yeah. Yeah, two points, too, before I uh, get any credit for that journal entry thing with the zombie slowly turning. CJ made that point when we uh, got done watching the movie the first time. And also, if you're that diner woman and your eye's been bleeding for a bit, wouldn't you go see someone? No, she walked into her <laughs> doorknob or whatever. When health insurance is that much? I yeah, don't know. I, in the 90s? I, al I also think part of the point is, like, of everyone who would have left town first, it probably would have been the doctors. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, yeah, George yeah. ain't even I, there no I more. <laughs> I think that was a little bit of the point. So where's the is outbreak that, like, crew? <laughs> they all left. They had enough money to leave. That's the None live action really series that they're going to produce on the side. What? God, that would actually be a no, good idea, though. I don't though. want like, them fuck to off. do that. They need to just give some fans some money <clears throat> and let them do it right. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't trust Capcom writing anything by this point. But, or Sony. Um... Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I'll agree with you guys. That if anything, there were there were two major scenes that I really did like in this film. And one of them was the whole thing of them gathering at the front gate because they're slowly turning and they're really asking for help before they start trying to break in and eat people. That's interesting. Now, the fact that they just sit there in front of them is kind of interesting on its own right. When I, I, I assumed, granted, this was my assumption, but in the original games, and you're gonna hear this a lot, um, it was surrounded by a city, right? Like a densely populated city. So like they couldn't leave the station because they would just get, you know, mauled the minute they leave. But now that's not there, so they could just drive away. And I get it, they can't just go to the gates and leave Raccoon City, but they don't have to stay at the police station, which they end up not doing, but in a completely different roundabout way. Well, I feel like out of any structure, like if you're going to be somewhere, the heavily fortified police station with gates is where you might want to stay unless you have a definitive exit plan. Because otherwise you're just going well, out there for no reason. I agree. I agree, but at least go upstairs. Like, you're standing in the front lobby as they're breaking in, like... It, there was it's because they just had the lobby you know what i mean like they weren't going to go anywhere else that, that was the rpd it was they had the, the stars hey, they had the cells also and yeah and no, the, and the briefing yeah, the room. stars office the, which got to be and honest, the armory was, if <laughs> that was another scene that i actually really did like i just hated how it didn't have jill and, and or jill rebecca and barry mm. but like i i love seeing the stars members before the incident it's like in in fucking aliens when they're fucking having lunch and shit you know what i mean like it's getting to know the characters before the incident, which could have been a thing to pad out time for people who say Resident Evil 1 doesn't have enough content, but then there's people that say RE1 has too much content, and then you can pick and choose. It's really either one. Who anyway, the fuck says RE1 has enough content? Uh, I've heard both ways. Every single time I say that you can adapt this, I've heard both reasons, and I say you can either pick and choose things that are around the main story, that if you need to fill space, 
or pick the stuff that's important for the main arc in the story and run with that. Don't just ignore it completely and just use, hey, but still remember these characters though. They have the same name and they, we do have the same monsters. If and that's, that's really it. That's that's wild to me. If it wasn't that's wild. for people offhandedly mentioning names for attention, nobody would know about our podcast. So thank you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> yeah. true. So look forward to the Fan Freaks movie where it has nothing to do with <laughs> podcasting. It's just, I don't know. It's about fans attacking people. Oh. <laughs> just like fans. Anyway. <laughs> There, yeah, there's yeah. Some, there's there's something else I really wanted to talk about aside from the uh, zombification of people. I almost said ghoulification. That is but what the, it was, though. They did look like uh, ghouls. <laughs> um, what's the difference? Anyway, so with the zombification aside, I did like how the liquor looked. Mm. We only have one liquor. We only had one, uh, two Cerebrus? I don't know if it's the same dog. No, it, it was one. I thought it was the same dog. Yeah, it is. It's one. It's, a, it's the same dog? Yeah. The budget right, good, only had then. one. Sorry. Yeah. They could only afford right. one Doberman. Uh, I <laughs> think it looked good. I think it looked good yeah. in the second stage versus the Chief. Because in the truck, it looked really bad. Really? I really, mm. I really hated the drool. I hated the eyes. I hated it that fucking funny. CGI. It was funny. I just so kept bad. on staring at the camera like... But there's some shots. There's some shots in the in the parking lot. It looks great, and then other parts it fucking mm-hmm. looks terrible. I'm like, oh god. Uh, but the the liquor for me looked good, and Lisa versus the liquor makes me want a Resident Evil fighting game. I'd, I'd be <laughs> okay. down for that. Uh, I would buy I'd be it. down for that, <laughs> and I hate that. <laughs> well, as I said before, Resident Evil Five versus exists, and that was kind of the fighting game with Resident Evil. But it wasn't its own thing, of course. I understand that. So, does this bring us on the topic of Lisa? Because that's a thing. I like Lisa Trevor. Fuck you. (laughs) So, Lisa Trevor. Lisa Trevor is the latest in a long line of one of my my most hated fucking tropes in adaptations. Where it's, take the monster and make them, like, good now. Where I get it, like, she's supposed to have a tragic backstory. That's what made her such an interesting monster. But she was supposed to be too far gone by the t- time you ran into her. Mm-hmm. So now she has this whole thing where me and Claire are best friends. And she protects her. And it's like, is it, is it, it oh. doesn't that remove everything from what the fucking monster is? The same thing happened with Nemesis mm-hmm. in the fucking Apocalypse mm-hmm. movie. Same thing with Pyramid Head and fucking Revelations yep. 3D. Like, they can't they can't not do this. It's just because they go, oh, everyone loves this monster? Well, we better make them a good guy now. I, I almost guarantee you, if Mr. X was in this movie, at the very end, he would have protected Leon from fucking Birkin or something and be like, I'm rejecting my programming, Leon. You better run or some Brother. stupid shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, some stupid shit. See, I, I just hated that and I wouldn't get out of my head the entire time I was watching. I don't know. That's so, that's an excellent point. I agree one hundred percent because the thing about her is she's such a tragic character. She gets lost in her own tragedy, as it were. And yes, uh, you, you know. So that was definitely gone. She was definitely prettied up. Did you see her underface? <laughs> it was existing. She, she's wearing <laughs> she faces face. before yeah. she gathers faces. <laughs> so I, okay, so, you see these. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, what I look. I fucking hated. How they did Nemesis in Apocalypse, mm-hmm. where he had a heart and he uh, was the same guy that had a love interest with Alice yeah. in the first movie. Yeah, and all it of that. I hate up. I hated all of that. 
But for me, Lisa feels better because, A, she was always a tragic story. She was always Frankenstein's monster for me in in Remake 1 and this. Right. For yeah. me, she isn't a, she is a pursuer, but she isn't like Nemesis. She's It's very much like she's attacking anybody in vicinity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that you're a STARS member or not. You're just alive and in her presence. Because she's a and, monster. And she seems to have, <laughs> right. at least in Remake, regained some humanity by not just outright killing Chris. She kidnaps him. And what does she do to Chris? Oh, just, we don't know. Oh, we don't know. Sleep there, I guess. Just, mm. I, I like to believe, like, she just stares. I'm surprised she didn't she take... See, with Chris, it makes sense that, like, she'd just be like, a guy, that's weird. Mm. But with Jill, she would totally have ripped her face off, and I have no explanation why well, she lives in that scene. remake, Chris was tall, dark, and handsome. Not throwing mm. shade mm. at Robbie Amell, who is tall and handsome. He's just not dark. And handsome. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mean, fair but enough. I'm just saying... Fair. Yeah, I th- I, I'm just saying, Lisa Trevor, she was tragic, and now she's become uh, uh, sympathetic over her tragedy. I don't know. I, well, I, I was, agree with I you. Was all, I'm reluctant I, to, but I agree I, with you. Thank you. I, I appreciate I, that. I, I'm fine with being the outlier here. I just always found her sympathetic. Well, she was. I'm, I'm, with, I, I'm with you, dude. But it's just, oh, she was. Great. in yes. this movie, she's not even an enemy of any sort. She's just, like, there to help Claire at odd times. Which I like her being in the movie. I'm glad we got a live action Lisa Trevor. That's cool. But also didn't expect her to like snap a liquor's jaw. I didn't need mm-hmm. that necessarily. In this over the top scene where she straddles. It's just so, I don't know, cartoonish that I'm completely thrown out of it. Even if I'm supposed to take Lisa clearly, Trevor as her own character. Listen, clearly that's a grappler from King of Fighters. That's mm-hmm. what we get. Lisa's a grappler. That's that's her. I mean, oh, that's, that's true. That's her fighting she has style. The, she has the cuffs. She has to be. She really doesn't have a lot of other yeah. options. Imagine a <laughs> shot of her fighting UBCS soldiers. That would have been cool. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been awesome. That would have been great. Be I... budget. Well, d- no. yeah. she had training I, uh, videos fighting with her hands shackled. The uh, actress for Lisa. Also, one of the soldiers that fucking uh, Wesker kills, the zombie soldier that tries to eat Jill, is a UBCS soldier. The one zombie so th- she saw the whole yeah. time? Just, just saying. <laughs> yeah. When that happens, yeah. you forget. Oh, that is their first zombie. That is their first. Yeah, for sure. Because they went the right mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Uh, wow. Chris and Richard <laughs> went the hard way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we're we're in the man. Wait. So we're in the mansion right now because you're talking about Chris. Bro, we're we're everywhere. We're all over I the just place, got, aren't we? Mm, okay, that's, that's fine. That's our but, show. <laughs> in a nutshell. So, talking about um Lisa really quick mm-hmm. um. It again, like I'm, I'm happy that we got to see a live action Lisa, but at the same time, it, much like my next point that I'm gonna bring up, it felt more like this is for fan service for fan service sake. There's no reason to have this be Lisa or have Lisa give over a set of fucking like uh, card suit keys over to Claire when she's only gonna use one of them anyway. Like, it's just, it's a bizarre nod because those ki- keys aren't even for that building for the fans who are supposed to recognize it. And it's, it doesn't make clearly, sense in the story why she gets a whole b- thing about it. Bone King, Bone King, they clearly were for that building because they worked in that building. That's I don't right. Know what you're talking what about. I mean is in the games, they don't work, for, those keys work for the I'm police sorry. station. Bone King, Our- we're talking about the new Resident Evil movie, not the old game. 
Sure, but they wanted me to remember the whole set of keys. Heart, diamond, club, all, like spade, all of them. They didn't just give, hey, look, here's the heart key. Ooh, reference. No, it was all of them. Wouldn't that make more sense in a rack, in an umbrella orphanage than an actual police station? More colorful and pretty. Something. It that doesn't make sense for any building. It's it doesn't. It never made sense. So look, either well, have it or don't. Wait a minute. Wasn't the wait police a station That's originally a library or an art museum? It was a yes, museum. Yes, because it was, yeah, it was originally a museum. A museum. So yeah, yeah, the keys would be fine in a museum because a lot of times museums use fixtures as you're, additional you're right, art pieces. Actually. You're right. Actually, you're right. A museum actually not, makes sense. But not in this game. I mean, no. sorry. <laughs> in this movie. I'm sorry. I got confused. This is a movie we're talking about where we had no explanation of the setting of the RPD for why it looked like that. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just saying this movie was full of those moments where it was like, here's the fan service. It's completely devoid of context. And we hope you pay attention uh, to the fact that we just have it. Okay. And then that's it. But guess what? I liked it. Exactly. Like, I was yeah, happy. You freaked out oh. in the theater. <laughs> I was about so to I. say, you. Uh, a lot of the Resident Evil fans, they have their own little fan services. They have the CG movies. Hell, the action junkies got the fucking Alice movies. What's us? Uh, what's what do we got? This like, is the closest we get right now. If you look at the Alice movies, this is definitely much more of a Resident Evil movie still. Oh, sure. It, is it? Just because it has the names and location the same way the original movie had the same location <laughs> and sometimes names? It's the same shit again, except all they did was oh. go, hey, will they want more game characters? I, we'll put I, the I, game characters in, but just name only and just a basic summary on I, what they do. Not what they I do in the actual game, just that they exist. Sorry, go ahead. I, I don't I don't think there's a fan base more pompous than the Resident Evil fan base. Star Wars. Whereas... Yep. What, oh, true, Star Wars. Whereas no. this is a game, but is it a Resident Evil game? We're the only ones that make yeah. that distinction. Mm -hmm. Like guys, you never guys, see, no, no, you no, no, never no. see, you never I, see that. Well, like Final Fantasy. Guys, if we were talking or, about Resident Evil Six or Resident Evil Five, or yes, four. those are Resident Evil games. Or Four, those are Resident Evil games because they're in the Resident Evil series. We are talking about a film adaptation of a previously existing fucking media. You know what I mean? This isn't like a brand new thing that we can, it's like, oh, it's Resident Evil, but it's doing its own thing. It's trying to be Resident Evil 1 and 2, but doing it in the most half-assed way possible. So I'm allowed to say this isn't Resident Evil, it's just a standard zombie movie using concepts from the originals. That's it. Not even concepts, just names, really. You are know, perfectly entitled to do definitely that. Definitely felt I'm just Resident Evil. It was definitely more res. It had more Resident Evil in its soul. Was it done correctly? Was it a good adaptation of Resident Evil? No, not at all. Was it a good movie? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Was it a good <laughs> memory? Was it a good little fun dilly to go to if you're a fan of Italian horror, George Romero horror of the early Resident Evil games? If you know the references, yeah, you're gonna have fun. And I'm, I'm sorry I, I, you didn't yeah. know. Because it, it no, was no, fun. I'll, I'll admit, because the fucking, as I said before, the second scene that I really actually enjoyed in this movie, that I felt it. I felt it for a second. It's in there somewhere, the mm -hmm. fucking real Resident Evil, because I felt it the minute that Chris and Richard are fighting in the dark with the zombies. Yes. And they're all coming great. out of the darkness. That's Resident Evil. It's there. You can, it, it's just not enough moments were giving me that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I see that, but it wasn't enough for in a lot of areas for me. Yeah, can we talk about the fucking CQC scene? Because that's my <laughs> favorite scene in the movie. 
I'll pay $10 to watch that scene on the big screen and then just leave. <laughs> it's always fun. Also, the fact that I'm pretty sure there were more zombies in the film version of the mansion than in the entire first game. <laughs> there were more zombies in the mansion than there were officers at the police station. It was the graveyard shift. What are you going to do? And they were all in one wing of the mansion. Well, okay, so that's something to actually ponder about, like... Clear, like Adrian pointed out, the hard way and the right way. Uh, so I guess the hard way, they were sort of lying in wait because that was a whole goddamn Umbrella Lab crew. They were all wearing scrubs, if I'm not mistaken. A actually, a I, have a yeah. I have a question for everybody. Uh, the first zombie the truck driver kills, that's an arc. Uh, that's a Spencer Mansion scientist because yes. she's in a lab coat, yes. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, it made it a lot more literal because, I mean, that's a change I could appreciate even because in the games it was that the zombies infected the wilderness, the wilderness started infecting the people. Whereas in this, they just kind of cut the middleman and just had a zombie go there, which is, I guess, well, fine, but it ruins the whole idea that it was still sealed, technically but, uh, a middleman because the middleman is the dog here. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> so never mind button. any criticism I say. That's fine. And a cheeseburger. <laughs> Take it they back. had the cheeseburger. They did that correct. Oh, guys, oh, did you see the doll in the orphanage? Because they wanted you to see it. They'd only cut to it 50 times. Yeah, I was going to say, you mean the 80 times they showed it? <laughs> Did you I see get the it. It's the fucking creepy. Move on. It, the thing about Did that is it, it got less creepy each time they um, showed it, though. Yes. Hey there. This is Jessica Nova of My Geek Glory, the naughty and nerdy corner of the internet. And you are listening to the Fan Freaks podcast. Did you see the, the, the crocodile toy in the orphanage? Yes. It's a clear reference to the crocodile in the sewers. I saw so it the this first means... time and I was a little giddy about it. Did anyone see the bolt cutters? Because that would mean this is part of the bolt cutter series. I'm fine with that. Well, it has maybe. the alligator, no. so... It wouldn't be the worst okay. thing in the bolt cutter series. <laughs> no, no, no one is surprised by the fact that I, even though I like Resident Evil, I'm not as big a fan as a lot of you guys are. Uh, bolt cutter series? Um, That would be what... Uh, Resident Evil 7, seven eight. 2 make, 3 make, and 8. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. that's what we're calling it. Got because it. Because they just, they just, it's that team kept reusing that key item in all the games. So I, the I bolt just, cutters I just, are prominent in all of them, yeah. Got <laughs> yes, it. I fact, understand. I'm, I'm in fact um, turned off that they were not well represented in this film. Obviously, they're dire, important character arc uh, mm -hmm. uh, set pieces for these characters. That's all I'm saying. So Zombie are pockets, breaks out some bolt though. cutters. <laughs> we didn't have enough side packs and fanny packs either. Gonna go ahead and um, I have another question for you guys. Sure. Would you would you feel with this movie the way it was split up into? Well, basically, it was the first two acts were both games, and then the third act was the combination of two with with introduction of the RE one characters at the end of two. Would you feel that the RE one parts of the movie? were the best parts of the movie. Easily. Because I, I feel, that. I yes. feel after watching it a second time, the RE1 parts had the most tension, had the most, uh, uh, best action scenes by far. Definitely. And as George pointed out very well, that was the most Resident Evil in the entire movie. Mm -hmm. That entire lighter bit, Richard getting killed, uh, Brad getting killed. Excellent All of lighting, that. by the way. Just want to like, because you mentioned yes. shots earlier. There were some expert shots in this movie. I will give credit where credit is due. Shots Fuck, are fantastic, bro. The Moonlight Sonata puzzle. What were you saying, was, dude? Like was right great. there, bro. Come on, that was That's a great so one. good. You, 
You didn't That's like so that one, good. George? The Moonlight Sonata on the Palm Pilot. That was clever. It's, it's it. You know, no. I, I, out of all it of them, it didn't have enough better. of an arc. It didn't it have was, enough uh, of an arc. Yeah. The Palm Pilot I, I, needed I, a bigger arc. Wait, I saw, do, I saw do this in the movie. It revealed someone, the underground lab beside the room. Well, someone sent Wesker the Game Facts walkthrough on his Palm Pilot. <laughs> so and no, we need to talk. Wait. No, you joke. No, James, you fucking joke. But that is the actual reason why he knows what to do in the novels. Uh, oh, Trent really? gives Wesker a fucking palm pilot. Uh, so I don't even think this was a creative idea. I think they just took it from the books. Oh. Wow. Which is I'll something you should like. <laughs> so it's like you should hate it. So there might be actually fans writing this, huh? No. Oh, well, no. at least Redfield mains at the very least. He, this exactly. person plays only, only Redfield. So oh, I haven't, right, uh, right. I haven't found a uh, a place to talk about it, just because we you know we we're bouncing around. Which I'm yeah, cool we're with. I still have to talk about Leon and Claire, but hey, you guys will go after you. Yes. Well, just because like I feel like this ties in because we've talked about a few of them so far, but I do feel like as a whole, I think the set pieces in this movie were great. Oh, easily I, the best thing in the entire movie. Yeah. Yes, there were things that like. It, like above the CG, above the special, the visual effects, above everything else, the set design on this movie was fantastic, and the set designers were on point here. They really, like a lot of it felt. And see, so I was talking about this with, uh, with, with you know the the other freaks, um, comparing it to like the Alice Resident Evil movies, um, it had a very like future tech umbrella vibe well it was also got, like mid the the biggest like part of the 2000s when they were everything was like metallic and yeah, digital chrome and, and glass yeah. and lasers yes absolutely yeah. we had razors but also like the hive was like enormous in like the first yeah. resident evil movie whereas i like the kind of grungy dingy grossness that this kind of gave us for a lot of it especially for like umbrella it made it feel very like, oh no, this is an actual biohazard. Like I'm and going to contract something here. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it looked how are you, how are you going to build, for example, a giant underground hive and then keep it a secret from literally everybody? It makes more sense to have like a small secular room off of the mansion. Uh -huh. I, I feel like that he works in that's separate from everybody else. Exactly. I mean, the thing well, is, they you still couldn't... had to build a train though. You could still, yeah, well, that's another thing. That's just whatever. carpooling. Which, by the way, I don't really care because RA1, it makes sense, I guess, why the Spencer State would have a train since the training facility has a train and it's, like, literally right over there in Zero, so I, I guess that makes sense it would have a train. Um, so, wait, what were you talking about right before the train? Because I was going to say something and I got completely derailed. Uh, the lab in the size of the lab. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad Doctor Rude got the pun there. Thank you. No, I was gonna say, like, as not. obnoxious <laughs> as obnoxious as some of the cameos and Easter eggs and nods were to me personally, they were beautifully recreated. Like everything looked like it did from the game. I will 100% give it credit, devoid of context, but it looked pretty. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Um, yeah. I feel like that's the biggest compliment he could give the movie. That's well, I, I complimented that fucking mansion action scene, actually. It was really good. He's actually well, given so, a few compliments this episode. Yeah, I'm no, trying. It's a lot. He's being so open we haven't really gotten into story beats yet. And I'd kind of like to start Whoa. with my worst, well, my least favorite part of the movie. What, what's up? What's up? What's up? Whoa, whoa, there was a story? 
Uh, yeah, hold on. Before we get into story, can we just can just give me confirmation that that you guys understand that Resident Evil 2, the characters in that game had things happen to them. Like they, yeah. they the whole thing with Ada and, and I don't, I don't getting recall. to Ben and all that. Hmm. So no, oh, okay. that I can no, think of. because it seems as though a lot of people are forgetting that they did shit in these games. But continue. Yes, let's go to story arcs. Are you are way. you saying that the are you saying they were passive protagonists no, I, where things happened to them, or that they were active protagonists and they did things? Because you can't two, have both. We had two active protagonists for the entirety of the plot, and again, like Main they didn't as yes, and well. And supporting, then supporting well, characters. Supporting can still be main. That's the whole thing. But regardless, no. this was supposed the to be an adaptation. It's the main cast. Main cast and main characters are not the same thing, Bone King. No, I know, but uh, whatever. This is besides the point. I'm trying to say oh, like a difference from I'm like extras and shit. That's so weird. Oh, shocker. <laughs> Ooh. But um, now I forgot my fucking point. Thanks. What Good. was I saying? <laughs> You're saying that everyone seems to be forgetting that things happen to these characters. Oh, right, right. right. That they just, it's supposed to be an adaptation of a previous story. No one, they didn't say, hey, this is our brand new retelling of this. They said, this is us telling both stories together. But they didn't tell both stories. They just did completely different ones. Now we'll move Here's on to thing. what the fucking stories were. Did they, pr did they promise you an adaptation? Because I don't think they did. No. When like, they were going movie, around saying, the, hey, this, this is the involved. most faithful... This is the most faithful Resident I mean, Evil, and we're we're making a point to be more faithful to the source material. What's the point of that if it's not an adaptation? They were that's still more still, faithful than the Alice still, movies. Yeah, that's objectively true because the Alice movies were not faithful at all. So it's still objectively true. But I don't think anyone ever promised you an adaptation. It's not called Resident Evil 1 and 2, the game, the movie. It's called no. uh, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. No, 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 no. The movies, the, the Miliovich movies, were fucking their own original OC everything. And then they had featuring characters that just showed up. This new one is them going, hey guys, we, we know everyone was saying we wanted original characters in it. That's why we kept putting them in there in the later sequels. But now we learned our lesson. Here's a story about these characters. And then proceeded to tell a story about just like people who like kind of have the same name and surface level description, but never actually told the stories of those characters. Let's be fair here, okay? Barry was dope as fuck. Sure, but even then, they didn't even touch his story at all because they were already too far past the goddamn spans. It's it's just a waste. The whole thing it does put suck. in the dumpster. To think about the fact that Barry probably died in Raccoon City with his family. Anyhow. Well, there was yeah. no Barry. No. He was budget-cutted oh. from the Raccoon City Police Department, I guess. We couldn't afford you, Barry. Your magnum cost too much. If we're talking magnum about characters, dolls. like, cameo characters that are just mentioned, uh, if I may, though, if we're, or we're done with that point, I want to talk about a thing about Leon's. I guess we'll just start with Leon, I guess. Sure. Um, his backstory is that he joined the police force because his dad is, like, some crazy super cop. I don't uh, know what the hell that's supposed well, to mean. No, he's like a top, like he's a commissioner or chief or something. Like he has poll. It's a political thing. Well, at that yeah, point. not in it's, Raccoon it's City. A, so. It's supposed to be nepotism. Yeah. Well, sure, he got a I job in Raccoon City because he's such a fuck up. That's the only place they could put such a fuck up because mm -hmm. everyone else is leaving. So they're like, look, my son may be a piece of shit, but I have enough sway that even though he shot Krauser, that's right, it's Krauser in my head. Yeah, he's going to go work at the police station. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was gonna bring that up too. Is like beyond that, they said that he lost his previous job because he shot his partner in the ass. Which anyone who knows Resident Evil, his only other partner is Krauser. So it's like I guess he has an ass scar yeah. now instead of a face one. Wait, he shot Krauser or his partner, but let's go with Krauser in the ass yeah. in police training, right? It wasn't actually on duty. Which is it was you know Leo training, was top of yeah, his class, but training. whatever. Let's just change that. Yeah. I think when you're going to to the academy, you're entitled to shoot you, uh, one guy in the ass and stay on the. Floor, and it has right? to be your partner. I mean, who else, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's that trust bond right there. <laughs> anyway, I just I just thought it was weird that they felt the need to give Leon this like backstory to why he's joining the police when it's like. He could just be a rookie on his first day, but they don't even do that. Like it's it's just But that would have been too flat, George. It, it would have actually what left was the a point? big it would have left a big question as to like why would a a young cop choose Raccoon City if Raccoon City's dying? This because dying it's the only job he can get if he still want to keep the same explanation. It's but just it it's less random than I shot my partner in the ass and my dad, you know, he's he's a chief here and none of this ever comes into play again for the rest of the film. It's just to make him built up to be useless. You know why what? would you wrong. bring it, it up? up in... Useless for the rest of the film. Correct. Why would you bring it up in the second act when they're already moving to the goal of leaving? It doesn't okay. make sense. Maybe maybe Leon up... has to make a shot or that because he misses so much. He he just gets a rocket launcher and ends it in first class. The MacGuffin launcher. It's I. Okay, I just feel as though they missed the mark entirely on what makes Leon Leon, and they just said, he's a rookie. That's it. We're done. Honestly, I'm with James here. This is the best Leon we've ever had. Yeah, I felt, yeah. I felt I he had a you great arc Leon, in this, but whatever. though, because the, at the beginning, he's it, it's clearly established in this movie, he's a fuck-up. He shot his partner, uh, whatever happened there. Um, <laughs> I can't even say his name. <laughs> <laughs> That piece of shit. All right, uh, there's a little my one per episode, my one Sopranos reference per episode. Um, anyway, so <laughs> oh fuck, I'm I'm losing my train of thought. No, choo choo. Yeah, so we shot what's his nuts. So anyway, yes, Leon actually has a sort of arc in this. He sort of by the time he has the rocket launcher, flicks it off his shoulder. I felt that was like Resident Evil Four Leon by that point, where he earned the right to be cool now. So, that was. As much of an arc for a supporting character as you can probably ask for. But he just had nothing! He had nothing but fucking up, and it wasn't like a thing of, I'm sorry, Claire, I'll do better, or something that actually gives him depth. He like just vagina. got the rocket launcher because the scene needed to end. Anybody could have gotten the rocket launcher. He just found it randomly in first class. It just feels it, There's good. nothing tying to Leon. You're, I get it. Like, look, in terms of this movie in a fucking vacuum, yeah, Leon has an arc. It's a shitty one, but he has a very small, tiny arc. Ah, uh -huh, you said but it. But regardless, I'm, if, you, if this is, again, when you come into it saying we're going to adapt Resident Evil 1 and 2, I'm expecting to see more of Leon's brave stupidity and, you know, stuff that makes him charming and how he protected Ada or some shit. But it's just none of it's here. He's just a fuck up. And then at the end, he gets to win with the instant win switch. The end. I, I got two points to say. One. It's very apropos, just like the games, there's a random rocket launcher for the end boss. Thank you. And secondly- No, 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 no. It's, it's random, but they set it up every time. Someone throws you the rocket launcher. Someone that's usually in the previous episode of the plot, like episode. Ada throws the rocket launcher in two. Ada also does it in four. Um, Brad does it in one. Like there are people that are actually part of the plot that 
give you the rocket launcher. They don't just pick it up jo off screen. George, you're saying so the train is jo not a character, sir. Let the dude have the it. The Ecliptic <laughs> Express is a great character. You're right. Never mind. But not that one. George, not the George, thing. George. Yes. How fucking realistic is that a police helicopter would have a rocket launcher? It's My not. Second wait, what? They didn't even do that one. Yes, you just said Brad threw it off the police helicopter the to give it in. Yes, then how is that realistic in the movie? No one's talking it's about realism. Nobody. I'm talking about adapting what you're supposed to, what, what you're telling me you're adapting. So if you're Guess doing what? the ending of RE2, right? And the fucking big Birkin Guess is what? eating up the train, right? They pick up the rocket launcher. Someone gives it, like, it's Guess not just, it's not off screen is my whole point. They Guess actually what? build up to it. Guess what? In Resident Evil 3, you find the fucking rocket launcher in a random locker. There you go. Uh, my second but even in that game, you're using the fucking finger to kill Nemesis. Oh. So, like, why does that even matter? Yeah, but it's just in case you need it. My second point, unless you keep wanting to interrupt. My second okay. point was, <laughs> we're an hour something into this show. We were supposed to get off characters at this point. Bro, we've been jumping around. We've done sets. We've done. We're, we're doing arcs now. That's the whole thing. So I just brought there up Leon is, and how he starts. That's it. That's all I, I've gotten I'm gonna, so far. I'm going to be real with all of you. I, I unfortunately probably disagree with Cody and CJ on this. I don't think there's a fucking arc in this movie, and I'm fine with it. Not there, every no, character has. I don't think there's an arc. Structurally, fundamentally, every character from the beginning of the movie is the same character at the end of the movie. No, there isn't a... Claire has what? an arc, but it's Jill's arc from Resident Evil 3, where she's vindicated no. for her fucking suspicion. That's that's the arc she has in 3, which is now given to Claire in this movie. I mean, I don't I don't really think that's good in its sense because Claire doesn't do it. No, I it's agree. Chris, <laughs> it's Chris who does it himself at the Spencer Mansion when he sees Umbrella does it. So I'm just I really don't think there's a character arc here. Tell like, me something where they, they're they drastically a different character from the beginning okay. of the movie to the end of the movie. Okay, so Birkin went from being an alive human to a dead B.O.W. Great. That's a great art. Well, that's a wait, great art. Okay. He was a human Thanks, before? I don't, I don't recall that. <laughs> to add something of value. Point. Um, he so was a plank of wood. I definitely feel okay. that the bare bones of arcs were definitely there with a, for a, lot, a, a few people. Leon being one. Was it a good arc? No. Um, it's, I mean, to be fair, the game arcs are better arcs for him, to give George uh, some credit to his argument earlier. And if um, we're adapting it... Uh, though, I would also <laughs> argue from a writer's standpoint, those are lazily written as well, and my, uh, my six-year-old could do better. Um, <laughs> Whoa, alright, I get it. Look, I understand that there's some fucking Leon bias here, and that's fine, like, I no, get I'm, that. I, but I'm talking about if Chris. obviously enough people liked... Enough people liked the original story, enough for this movie to even be a thing, right? Otherwise, there would be no fucking popularity for this movie to even exist. But they keep fucking using this as a chance to tell whatever fanfiction story they want because they know people will buy it just because they see things that they recognize, and that's it. So, Leon has a story. Whether you think it's good enough or bad enough, doesn't matter. In terms of an adaptation, the major beats of that can be told better in a film, even if you want it to. But yeah. they didn't even try. That's a good point. No, that's I, a very solid point. I would they like to say, <laughs> in terms of Leon bias, he's probably my favorite character out of the first, like, three games. I love Leon. He's a great character. I just like I this version Leon of Leon, too. too. He's fantastic, sure. in my opinion. 
Look, no, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, in terms of this movie on its own, you can like the 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 rookie one that's bumbling around who just kind of says fuck every now and then. Fine, that's a great character on its own. Midwest but when I'm dialogue. thinking of it as Leon S. Kennedy, it's like, that's not Leon. It's, the it's S stands for stupid, okay? For stupid. Yeah. He wasn't, but he wasn't nearly stupid enough. He just was clumsy. It's not Leon C. Kennedy. It's Leon Def Kennedy because they didn't hear the fucking truck explode like 30 feet away. But the can we talk about, was clear. Can, can we talk like about song, those though. fucking headphones? Like those those Walkman headphones <laughs> were fucking on point. You gotta uh, love Sony even like product placing their fucking products from the 1990s. Yeah. Like there's so <laughs> It was a member it was uh, a member factory movie. I, uh, I wanted to to ask James because I, I wanted to bring him on more because it feels like it's basically CJ versus George. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm usually uh, like overriding people on episodes, so that's fine. But carry uh, on. James, piggybacking off George, do you feel, and piggybacking off my point earlier, do you feel there's an actual arc for any character in this? Or are we seeing something that isn't there for okay. some of us? So, so two things here. First off, I've, I've long st stood by the point that characters don't need to change for them to be good characters. Like, char like okay, I'm going to talk about Disney for a fucking second. Uh, like, like, in Moana, Moana doesn't change from the beginning of the movie to the end. In fact, she's vindicated, she's proven right, like, all of her... So I don't... And, but I still think she's a good character. So I don't think necessarily that character growth or development is necessary for there to be good characters. That be, so I don't think the absence of an arc impacts the existence of good characters in this movie. That being said, is there a, an arc in this movie where like character growth or development happens? Not really. Maybe Wesker, but not really. But I don't need that to define them as good characters. Okay, uh, I, 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 if I may, ahead. just really quick, in terms you of vindication, okay. well, I'm going to anyway. Okay. So in Moana, you're right. She basically just becomes vindicated for her beliefs and basically finds her own solution to the problem. But mm -hmm. that in and of itself is the change, you see? Where instead of just following what her elders mm -hmm. say for her to do, she's actively growing through the plot and gets vindicated for her own uniqueness. No, Whereas if she literally, like, the only change that happens is that she stops listening to people that's not a that's not a character development no that but that is though like because it's it may not be like big enough for you but i'm just saying like for example jill if we're gonna bring it back to resident evil and resident evil okay. 3 which is what claire is trying to do in this movie she is supposed to be angry that umbrella sent her squad to the mansion to get fucking annihilated right mm -hmm. that was they were sent there on a suicide mission so she's pissed right so okay. she basically says who is responsible? Umbrella. I'm going to try and reveal them because really everyone just thinks Umbrella is super nice. That begins her arc and sort of fucking trying to, to pursue it and bring Umbrella to justice. So when at the end of Resident Evil 3, when Carlos and everyone's all like, why are you so pissed, lady? Let's just get out of here. She's vindicated because Umbrella was the cause of it. And now they see that. See, it, it she is growing. She was right from the beginning, but she's growing in the sense that people believe her now. So she feels more at peace. And I know I touched my boobs, but more at peace with her life because before she wasn't, she no one believed her. It's a change. It is a change. I don't agree. But well, I, well, I don't agree that that's true for Jill in terms of her, like, 
Yes, whereas that is, she does go through that vindication, but I don't think that's the only change she experiences throughout the movie. Like, oh no, no, or not oh, the movie, in the movie sorry. or the game? No, 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 the game. Sorry. Um, no, no. There's the whole thing with with the the fucking uh, uh, Nikolai and and yeah. fucking the actual squadron. No, she's got more going on. But, but meanwhile, this movie my didn't point even is, bother. <laughs> but my point is, Moana is the same character in the beginning of the movie that she is at the end of the movie, and I feel like that's true for a lot of the characters in this movie as well. Um, but I don't think that makes them bad characters. Like, it's it, like I, I understand that it's it's it is a traumatic event, and I get that. But some people don't change in the course of like a day, you know. So the only I, I major get it. change from the beginning is that Claire and Chris are no longer estranged. Chris believes yeah. her now, so now it's that's it. That's literally the only thing. Yeah. Well, they are the main and, characters. Exactly. The only main characters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I do have a question. Considering the game, we really only see them. Well, I mean, Claire's looking for Chris. I don't get this vibe that they were ever estranged in the games. No. No, no they were not. never estranged. In fact, they had such but a good relationship said. that Claire drove to Raccoon City to see what was wrong when he didn't answer his phone. They yeah. had a good relationship. And if I'm not mistaken, in the games as well, Chris taught Claire a lot of his training he learned in the military as well. That's why Claire's naturally Which is something they kept. Knife. Yeah. Yeah, which is something <laughs> no. they kept in this movie too. They, no they way, she learned how to handle herself. No, because they cut because Chris is an Air Force veteran that was dishonorably discharged. The whole arc of him going into stars is him being found drunk in a fucking alley by Barry Burton. That's why he loves Barry so much. They're like bros. Barry put him up in his house, took care of him, got him sober, and put him in stars. That's not interesting. I want Papa Birkin... Who to help him through school and pay for everything and raise him, even though he has his own daughter. And the main so, thing of his character so was that he wasn't a good we, parent. Whatever. We can talk about this now because it's unarguably my the le- my the thing I hate most in this movie, and that's the Birkinification of Chris Redfield, or just yeah. the general over involvement of Birkin as a whole. But I, I that get whole shades of metachlorian, you know what I mean? Where it's like an <laughs> unnecessary explanation. But continue. It is yes, I'm super sorry. Un- no, no, no. It is super unnecessary. It wasn't, it didn't like answer any questions that the game left open. It literally served no real purpose other than to make an arbitrary connection between the Redfields and Birkin. Because I feel like the whole reason for that was for it to be a sting at the end when Birkin was like, I never loved you. But it felt so disingenuous that I could not have given less of a It's so, it's shallow. It's shallow. So shallow. If you're going to watch the beginning of the movie with Birkin being fucking creepy, like, no one's going to look at that guy and be like, wow, he really loves these kids. Yeah, exactly. And and we spent all this time building up the relationship between Birkin and Chris and Claire, when ultimately at the end, the reason why Birkin's plans fail is Wesker. And and yeah. Chris just kind of encounters him in a room, and that's the end of that fucking like subplot. That's yeah. it. It all this effort into building. Oh, they're connected to really do nothing with it. You could have no, really I... fixed it with like him just wanting to get Sherry back after Chris and them took it, and not talking the entire goddamn time. <laughs> but but he doesn't give a shit about Sherry, and Annette doesn't know anything <laughs> about any of the experiments. Yeah. Therefore, making Sherry completely nothing. That's why she Birkin has was trash. no purpose in this plot anymore. <laughs> she she got Wesker I... shot. That's about it. 
Which was funny. Yeah. I will admit, seeing Sherry with a gun pointing at Wesker, I would love to see that in the games. Like, mm-hmm. I would laugh. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. But, like, it, it's just weird because you have this whole interesting dynamic with Birkin and Annette and how they don't have enough time to raise their daughter, so Sherry has to learn on her own, and that's where she runs into Claire. All this interesting shit. Fuck that. Annette's just a random lady. She gets killed randomly. Sherry, no, Annette was she's nothing. just a girl. Annette nothing. Was they are nothing. nothing. They looked they at the like, beats of their story, the time they had, and they were like, you know what, Annette? Fuck it. Whatever. She's a mother yeah, again. And, We're just going to demote her to the mother. Okay. And because she's a mother, she, just, she doesn't have anything to do with the experiments. So, like, this whole thing of neglecting Sherry is nowhere there anymore. She's there to raise Sherry. So Yeah, Sherry got batman Sherry, no, but Sherry has parents now. She didn't before. Annette is now a good mom because she no longer is a scientist. Because yeah, she's she's no longer. Anti-bat- she got anti-Batman. It, yes. Sherry, er- yeah. Sherry earned parents and Batman lost she, <laughs> she got new ones. She uh, did. Oh, she got Nightwinged. That's what it was. Yeah, oh, there you go. Oh, okay. God. Yeah, so that's like, for, like from the, so when that first gets explained in the beginning of the movie, um, you know, the whole Birkin-Chris connection, uh, the dude was prepared to walk out of the fucking theater. Uh, he was not having it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I uh, fucking hated that. it. Was awful. like right off the bat, I was like, no. I, no, however, I was like, no. I'm gonna give this a chance. I want to see if they do something interesting with this. Guess what? They fucking didn't. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> so I just found myself getting increasingly more and more upset as I watched the movie at this fucking nothing connection. I, I did not want it. But hold on, though, guys. No one said that it was going to be an adaptation of Birkin despite all the advertising and fucking marketing saying that it's, hey, we're connected to RE1 and 2. No, no, no. You're confused. It's a brand new scientist. My, my, My problem is not that it wasn't an adaptation of Birkin. My problem is that it sucked. Yeah. It led to nothing. It had no emotional value. It added nothing to the plot. It wasn't interesting. It wasn't well thought out. It added nothing. Hardly related. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, like, it, my problem isn't that it's not like the game. My problem is that it's not likable at all. It adds nothing. It is zero. It is less than nothing. It mm. adds service to no one. Exactly. It moves the it tragedy of nothing. Birkin and how he was absorbed by his job, literally. Nothing. We'll just take nothing. that out. It's not important. Well, like, yeah. with the way they tell Birkin in this one, they could have just literally cut out everything until the end, and then we could have gotten more of other stuff. Instead of just, like, Birkin driving yeah. around and, get out of bed, hurry! Like, if you yeah. would have just shown Birkin in the lab with a daughter and a wife, I'd be like, oh, I know who these people are. Mm. Like, that's who it was for the entire time anyways, the fans. So you could have just exactly. done other shit with that time. So I did I, have a just... question about that scene when uh, Birkin almost runs her down and recognizes her. He oh, hasn't seen her God. since she was a little girl, right? Yeah. Probably. But he recognized Allegedly. her visor. Her eyes. And okay. the hair, maybe. Yeah, well, seems kind of I, I, eyes of betrayal. I think it's also CJ. not like inconceivable that like he's been to Chris's house or well wait a minute the picture they have the the, the last picture they have together they're at least teenagers aren't they? Oh, there's uh, a picture of Birkin in Chris's house. They have a picture together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. And he's an adult. So Fucking like gag it, me. What? <laughs> I, I was just curious how he recognized Claire if she really ran off from Raccoon City that young. You well, they said uh, they okay, had to talk I'm, for five years. Oh, okay. So what there, happened after is, the orphanage the, when Claire oh, was experimented on? Adrian, you just saw it. Like she, they almost yeah. experimented on her. Lisa lets her escape, and then 
I don't know that part. (laughs) I don't know. It's not explained. But the only reason that it could explain for me why Birkin would recognize her would be everybody that's ever been through the orphanage. Umbrella has like a, a, a visual on them at all times to know where they are because, you know, they've been tagged like a fucking shark and led back into the fucking world. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. So or maybe. Possible, I mean, I'm just. It's possible that he's also kept tabs on her via Chris, even though okay. they're kind of ex- uh, exchange or whatever. I don't know. I don't think that's enough of a thing to get hung up on, especially not compared to the monstrous pile of shit that Birkin <laughs> is in the first place. I have a quick question, and I mean, I, this might just knock out my entire discussion just really quick. So there's no G-Virus in this movie. It's just pretty much T-Virus the whole way it's, through. It's right? G-Virus. It's G-Virus. So, it's no, but is there by what's his though, the guy in the cell. He specifically said G and T. He, he mentioned okay. the two virus types. So Birkin worked on G, and that was his creation, but he's also working on the Veronica virus because of the footage. So like, We don't know. Working on two viruses at no, the same we time? Don't, w- Maybe he was what? just observing. Or was the Alfred there, thing supposed to be G-virus experiments? No, well, we don't... Well, I didn't take that at all. On the second watch, it felt more like he helped make the Ashfords. Because the Ashfords are clones of Alexander. Right. So he helped make that, which doesn't vibe well with the games at all. Because Birkin actually has a rivalry with Alexia. Alexia's exponentially smarter than he is. And from anything that's that the movie the has game, shown of the virus, it's not going to do clones, but okay. In the movie, <laughs> in this movie, we have three mentions of the three viruses. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, three mentions of viruses. The progenitor virus was in a fucking file for Lisa Trevor for no reason whatsoever. They just said, oh, it's the progenitor virus. You see it highlighted and shit. Just fucking, yeah, Cody. We wicked. The fuck away. Then we Ben Bertolucci, <laughs> then Ben Bertolucci says, have you heard of the T virus? Have you heard of the G virus? Then at the end where Birkin gets shot by Wesker, you see him inject himself with a vial that says G virus. That's it. That's all we get. Mm. Mm. All right. So since we're near that scene, let's go ahead and talk about um, the big change there. Because uh, which one do you want to tackle first? Wesker's betrayal or the fact that Wesker does Hunk's job now? I mean, <laughs> I guess Wesker doing Hunk's job gives him more personality. Wesker's betrayal was weak, but it fit his character. I mean, if anything, over all the things that, like, connected the two games, that was not something I was expecting. So I was just kind of like, all right, that's a little weird but okay like so there's a lab here right but it's not the one that has all the zombies in it that just came out in the mansion like it's a separate lab that he has on his own because he's making his own thing in the same build whatever it's fine wesker just comes in and he's just like give me the stuff i'm not giving you the stuff and they just basically shoot each other and it, it it loses the whole cold efficiency of like the, the squad coming in and the whole corporatism of umbrella sending in a hit squad fuck that uh, Wesker betrayed everyone by answering some emails and trying to get some extra money to leave Raccoon City. Well, you know, therefore killing everybody. I think he betrayed everyone by being like, hey, I know Brad's dead. I know you want to go find the other guys. I'm going to go over here, though, because there's money involved. Deuces. Yeah. How, exactly. But how, in what way is that betraying them? You're leaving like, your team to go acquire cash. <laughs> yeah, when, when you're okay. a police officer, like, literally leaving your people in, like, a dangerous situation so you can go find do something self-serving as yeah, the head of the team exactly that's betrayal I, 
The thing is, is that everybody, like, at least Jill, who he was talking to, knew that Brad was dead. It, the copter crashed through the fucking library. Man. So, like, all it is is, Jill, I heard that I could get some extra money if I run down here. You're on your own. And I see that as abandonment. And if we're comparing that to, I brought the team here to get killed for combat data, and I'm cleaning up the evidence. Mm. One seems I, a little bit more villainous than the other in terms of betrayal. At that point in the movie, Jill doesn't really say that. What, does, does she specifically say that Wesker betrayed them? Because I know she says we have to follow him. No, no. There might be a way when out. She's, when she's talking to Wesker, she doesn't say anything about betrayal. She's just like, what do you mean? Why are you going to leave stars? We're your friends. Which is like, she. so he wants a different job position. Get over it. And then she runs over to Chris and says, Wesker betrayed us. And that's it. That's the only, you know, so, Jill and Wesker stuff. Or Jill and Wesker. Uh, Jill and Chris I stuff take it you missed where he got a text saying that Raccoon City was going to be destroyed at 6 a.m.? Uh, they they should have brought it up again there, though. I agree. You know, that would have no, 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 hammered that that's home That's fine. But either way, I still see it as self-preservation and not actively betraying. You know but, what but I mean? If, no, no. If you don't tell your teammates that the city you're in is going to be blown up in a few hours, that mm -hmm. is a betrayal. It, yeah. And even without that being revealed, okay. being the head of a team and then leaving them to go acquire something for money's sake would be yeah. a complete even, betrayal. Even if I concede that this 100%. is a betrayal, like an actual like dramatic movie worthwhile betrayal, mm -hmm. then I'm just going to say from the get-go, it was not as effective as something simple as the, the fucking mustache twirling, sorry James, mustache twirling villain, you know what I mean? <laughs> Because <laughs> I did this and I realized you have that mustache. So I was like, he uh -huh. does have a beautiful mustache. <laughs> it's gorgeous. But what Thank I mean you. is, like, if something as fucking generic and cartoonish as RE1 Wesker is somehow still more effective in its betrayal than the, the very badly conveyed betrayal in this movie, I don't know. It's, it's nine day. I feel I like mean, they tried to make him more human in this, as opposed to what he was in the game. Sure. And therefore, like, the betrayal itself was a little more grounded than, ha ah, bad uh, news, I'm on, leaving this I, place. <laughs> Are you twirling your eyebrows? No, no, that was the, uh, that was the sunglasses. Twirling your eyebrows. Twirling that right near his sunglasses. Uh -huh. Lower the sunglasses. Ha <laughs> I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. You're all gonna die I here. I think <laughs> structurally, structurally, what Bone King's trying to get at is whether or not Wesker being an undercover umbrella agent working for stars while also being one of its lead scientists is, is that character better than this character who was a cop and then decided to go get money? D I, uh, you know, I is that structurally what you're, what you're getting at? Like which character yeah. fits better? Because look, I'm I sorry, get it, but realism, the, but like, I don't need realism. I'd rather have a fun movie. Like, did you not have fun? That's because I had a great time. I was okay at best. Like, it was you, it you, was meh. You, you, have you not met George? He hates uh, things. I mean, not <laughs> in person. Fun. No, mostly through a <laughs> hole in a stall somewhere. Apparently, yeah, no, that was fun. Don't get me wrong. I'll see you next Wednesday. Um, but no, like, I, apparently, I hate everything in the world. But I genuinely don't think it is impossible to tell these stories and keep these characters. I get it. It's not as realistic. But who the fuck is going into the Resident Evil movies for realism? 
Well, who's going into the games for? That's realism? a good point. That's that's a nobody. Good point. That's why it doesn't matter in the games. Yeah. No, that he has a good point. Who like, goes to a Resident Evil movie? I mean, for realism, just like I don't go to a Resident Evil movie for things that make sense because none of the Resident Evil things make sense. But, but so that's, that's only more because accurate. No, no, no. That's no, no, more no. accurate to the movie than the games itself. This is a franchise that established these schlocky story events and then went back with books and comic books and other things to try and explain it away. You, oh, um, no, no, no. Well, hold on. Agreed. I don't think it's fair to throw all of the events as just schlocky. Like, yes, the voice acting for sure. And some of mm -hmm. the major biggest arcs at the end, like where it's got its most rising action, it gets a little silly. Sure. <laughs> but... There is, rising action. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't mm -hmm. think it's fair to say that like every story beat is just subpar and they had to fix it afterward. No, I, I didn't think say that. Stuff in I said full there. of them. Full of full of what? I, oh, I didn't say that it it was all of them. It's full of those sort of schlocky story moments that didn't really make sense while it was happening. Regardless of that, I just find that the ending bits with Wesker leave less of an impact, especially the after credits. While I do appreciate the fucking RE1 remake homage, the, the shot, that, that's how RE1 remake starts, where the zombie sits up and they shoot him and he goes down. It's a random reference, but it's there, I guess. And fucking Wesker's like, ah, I can't see. And he goes on the ground and then someone walks up and it's Ada in her detective coat. Here's the pair of glasses. And then he, he puts it on. Oh, wow, thank you. Who are you? I'm about to Why fucking Why is Ada a South really Park rich. character? Yeah, because <laughs> that's what she was, essentially. She just came in. She's Alice a, from Super Jail. That's um, what I was thinking, too, scene. Super Jail. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Wesker. I'm going to show you all sorts of things with your new sunglasses. Is Wesker no. the warden? <laughs> he could actually do it, though. Oh, the B.O.W. is for me. Anyway, hold on. So... The, the whole thing, and this is a nitpick, really, for me, but the character change of needing to wear sunglasses versus, versus wanting to wear sunglasses to maintain human appearance as a wolf among the sheep. You see I what think, I mean? I think the sunglasses in the games just go back to more of the mustache-twirling villainy that he had, whereas in the movie... He was more grounded as like a human, so him having sunglasses all the time wouldn't have necessarily translated no, sure. as well. No, sure. In RE1 in particular, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But everything past that, see, in that scene, he's already infected, right? So instead of just having it be like, your eyes are red, you're going to be uh, just, your eyes are red, and he just puts it on because he's just trying to cover it up. They made like a plot reason that he's blinded unless he wears them. I can't wait. I can't wait till the sequel where he has permanent goosebumps for whatever reason, and he has to wear a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I mean? Like, they just give... Exactly, like, they just give unnecessary explanations to things. And then fucking Chris is gonna punch his glasses off, and we'll have, like, a Velma. Oh, damn it, Chris, I can't see without my glasses. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, like That would probably be a know. good turn for, like, the red eye side effect to come to full effect, where that's when, like, you see the red eyes just bam. And that's when you kind of catch on to the uh, unhuman part of Wesker at that point. But we just, just established that he can't see without him. So he'd just be like, you see how cool I, my eyes I, well, are. Well, right? he, he was light sensitive. I don't think that it was that he can't see altogether. Yeah, but he's the light, light was one like bulb in the room. But it's it, like the dimmest room. Yeah, but she it's also it was... his first time using his new eyes. 
You said sure, it was one side effect. There were going to be many. Like, the red yeah. eyes that let him see could be another side effect. We don't know. Clearly, like, if you're looking at the canonical sense of this movie, they're just jerking off into a pot with Resident Evil but stuff. That's like, you like that? But it's so good. It's like a, it's like a bukkake of Resident Evil lore just all over my face. Uh, but if you're going to make, if you're going to jerk off Resident Evil, why add unnecessary fingering? You know what I mean? Ha- like, hashtag makes me come harder. Hashtag lore cocky. <laughs> oh, oh man, oh man, I'm writing that down. <laughs> started a new movement, Cody. That's great. I love like, that. You know what I mean? Like, it, I get the reference and I appreciate they showed the sunglasses, but they gave me such a weird explanation that I'm like, why? I and appreciate they, they connected one and two with Birkin, but why? I mean, if you're gonna nitpick the sunglasses, like, go back to the keys. They showed you all the keys. I appreciated that. Like, there was no need to show us like, the other keys, but it was nice. But it's just so rich. I don't you know. You can enjoy it's, things, man. I'm gonna tell you right now, the thing I'm most pissed off about, there's no eagle and wolf metal. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Bro, think about how quick the fucking Resident Evil 1 speedruns would be if the fucking Moonlight Sonata puzzle just led you straight to the lab. Imagine me being competent enough at the fucking game to where I knew what to do with the Moonlight Sonata earlier today. It didn't have to spend hours trying to figure it out. I'm not womp, good at Resident womp. Evil, guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. Look, I'm not good with math puzzles. I hate that RE3 fucking clock puzzle. I love the music box, but anyway, <sighs> that's besides the point. Can, uh, does anybody have any, like, closing thoughts or something? Yeah. Well, I did want to point out that... Um, Wesker being so goddamn jacked already. By the time Chris gets to the point where he has to train, Jesus Christ, he's gonna need those resident oh biceps. Yeah, we're gonna look at Max Boulder <laughs> punching. This Chris. Wesker's well, all. I'm I'm convinced that that punching bag that Chris has at his place is actually filled with rocks. He's oh he's, yeah, that's that's Boulder punch training. Mm-hmm. No, that was you do realize that punching bag was there because of the Resident Evil Five joke. There's no other reason to what show this punching bag. For Chris's punching bag outside his house, where they they did like a thing where they panned over and showed, made it a point to show Chris's punching bag. Chris, along with the bike that Claire rides. We already wait. What was that? Along with the bike that Claire rides, they're right next to each other. Sure, but again, I just I don't see the point other than hey guys, he's the boulder punching guy, and that's that's literally I it. Don't, well, I don't think that's, that's what I get. At all. I mean, no, guys, that's otherwise not at why all. are we showing this thing? I don't get it. To show that he's physically adept. Yeah, we can like see it's... that he's already pretty fucking big. No, you could be big and be fucking useless in a fight. No, yeah. that's well, I was gonna say Leon, but no, he's not big either. No. Oh. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's, I think that's a it's bit all right, of a, George. Of a you can be Irons was pretty big and but useless in a fight. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. saying because Chris can hit things, they're referencing the boulder. That's not necessarily fair. No, that's yeah. not right at all. No, that's not what I'm saying, and that's not a fair comparison because what I'm saying is that the movie goes out of its way to show a close up of this punching bag. It's not like it's in the background or it's just a thing that people are talking in front of. It is an establishing shot. Now, granted. I saw the movie once. So if the idea it's, is it's, is that they were trying to show the motorcycle more than that, maybe that's something I missed. But I took it as a close-up shot of that fucking punching bag, and I'm like, oh, God, get no, it, No, you're Boulder. just focusing on it just to focus on Thank it. Thank you for right making there. it about me, Adrian. Thank you. Anyway, moving yeah, on. I, mean, I do you're the only one seeing it that way. I appreciate Chris <laughs> overall as a character. I think nobody here is going to argue that Chris was probably the best uh, portrayed. He, he feels like he's Chris. Like... 
I don't know. Uh, he, what, no, in the CGI so? films where he's rolling around shooting that guy with like <laughs> clips full of but bullets, no, that seems can't... more like Chris to me. That seems more believable than this Chris. I don't like this Chris no. as much as that guy. We can't so, factor in anything past fucking the games that they're trying to adapt here. I literally like, come on here just to raise uh, fucking Bone King's blood pressure. I want to need fucking an IV stand by the end of this. You know, I would have liked some more references to Romero's script in this movie. There were a couple. I don't know if anyone here has read the Romero script that he wrote for his Resident Fuck, Hulu. I haven't. Um, so a big part of no. his, just in brief, was the crows were a big major part of uh, how the virus was spread in his film. Chris, uh, being half Native American, stays on a Mohican reservation off and on. He's not in Romero stars. Film. So Wait, is in, that a thing? In uh, what? Chris in is half Native film, American? Right? Um, uh, no, in the George Romero so. script. In George Romero scripts, he is, and oh. I, I'll say, I don't. I, I'll, 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 I adapted it as so as a remake, and you can't convince me otherwise. All right. I mean, yeah. does it ultimately change anything in no. his entire story? It's, it's no, it's not it's that is, that's literally just no, my own No, but bias. fuck it. Native Americans deserve some representation fucking for a. fucking once. I, I think uh, Forrest might have supposed to have been. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I think there was something about that somewhere, but he, what character he was, yeah. So, <laughs> where was Forrest in this movie, guys? I obviously <laughs> need things to be one-to-one. -one. Why or couldn't Kenneth. we see Forrest peck to death? Or Kenneth. Ooh. Wanted to yeah, see Forrest no. pecker, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did like the crows. Thing. We didn't mention them at all in this, by the way. But the crows, they did, they did a decent CGI, and I did like the two shots we got of them minus the. No, I didn't care I, for the joke. I brought them up because the I joke. thought that's how the virus spread in this movie. But you guys were saying that it was something else. That it was it's like water. water. Yeah, it was water. Yeah, yeah Ben. Said I thought it was, it was the crows. So, ben okay. said it's the water. And the crows are already infected. Mm, yeah. But CJ, you said there was a joke with the crow. Yeah, uh, it was. What? I was saying after I was uh, referencing when Jill shot the crow in front of Wesker. Somebody needs to confiscate that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. That joke. If if that dude, some of those moments really like were just banter. They weren't great. Obviously. Yeah, like, it's more like, like the time, a thing. <laughs> no. like the time Jill shoots Wesker in the head with a toy gun, foreshadowing a scene where Jill will shoot Wesker in the head, but Wait, doesn't. That scene. Was that in the head in the last lab scene? It, no, 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 it wasn't. Back. Oh, it was in the yeah. back. So, like, I don't know. It just feels like you set up that he was going to like get shot this way, and then just completely made it. Oh no, it's a completely survivable shot. It's fine. Oh no, he got <laughs> shot that way over money, same as in the lab. <laughs> Uh, so maybe the seeds here, and assuming they do uh, another sequel in the future, the seeds are definitely there to give Leon his proper focus, to give Jill her proper focus. Though I guess fucking without Nemesis, huh? Well, I mean, we're the, definitely getting a Code Veronica. Yes, it, that's the vibe bring, I got. If they do bring, bring Leon the knife. back, oh what? Bring the knife! Bring yeah. the knife! Um, if they do bring Leon back and they tackle RE four, it's actually a weird case because. They don't actually need to connect anything to the original Leon at all because the jump from RE2 Leon to 4 was already a major shift. Yeah. So we yeah. could just keep it and it really doesn't change anything mm -hmm. ultimately. So if if they do those things like with Code Veronica even they're completely different characters. So it they could just do something else, who cares? Who cares? The Krauser reveal could be him and he's don't recognize him till he pulls his pants down. You remember me? <laughs> yeah. You remember my butt scar? <laughs> oh my god. Do you god. remember the second hole you gave me in the ass? Been a long time, comrade. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but okay, I, I think I we're about like ready this. to. I think we're about ready to <laughs> finalize this. I want last point, and it's actually towards the end that I want to talk about. Um, we mentioned briefly a little bit about how Umbrella keeps all this secret and how they explode Raccoon City. More like implode Raccoon City with like yeah, a giant sinkhole. Implode. Yeah. It's like they just somehow managed to, like, cave in the ground underneath the entire city, is what it seems yeah, like, more like or less. Yeah, charges under the city, because the city's hollow underneath. There's, I don't I don't know what's happening there. That's where Nest is. <laughs> but regardless, I'm thinking, like, is that supposed to kill the B.O.W.s? Because I don't think that's going to kill any B.O.W.s. Like, what? I thought the whole point of the nuke was that it was, the virus was so far infested that it needed to be removed at a microscopic level. Hence why a nuke was necessary. They could have just bombed it with anything else if that was the case. But they're just here and they just I put don't, a single? I don't think the goal here is necessarily to, like, erase everything so much as it is to just erase Umbrella's involvement in it. Well, in the games, they wanted to do both, but the idea was is that it was so far gone that there was no more hiding it. They had to nuke it. You know what I mean? I think in this case, it was more of like a gradual infection, and they're like, "Wow, we got to get the fuck out of this town before everything goes to shit." And that's when they were like, "Okay, everyone's gonna start turning right about now." So that's when we're gonna set up the imploding of it, and they kind of like that's when they set up the containment and everything, just to kind of keep everyone who was infected within that small deserted town, and then just kind of shut it down and be like, oh, we're done. No, nothing happened. We didn't do it. Well, yeah. right, I get that. And they even did that in the game, too, where they set up a perimeter in the whole nine yards, an outbreak, you see it all the fucking time. But, like, even in, in that regard, it's still a missile that's vaporizing the city because they don't want any leftover virus in the fucking city. You know what I mean? And if there's just an implosion, I get it, you're hiding it, but the fucking liquors are just gonna climb out! Like, Are they? I mean, there's, I feel like... There was only saw one, one, one liquor, liquor. Oh, never Lisa, mind, Lisa got it. You're right, never mind, Lisa got it. Yeah. Lisa Trevor was liquors. the biggest threat in the entire so, town, and she didn't give dude, a shit about anything. I want Lisa just like, they, they show that the entire city just in rubble, and then just a rock comes off, and you see the, her bandage <laughs> come the through second. the ground, and there she is. <laughs> So that there's actually something really dark about there only being one liquor because we know how liquors are created, right? That's when a zombie's uh, hunger, zombie has sated itself with enough biomass it can then evolve. Yeah. Oh, right? is that a thing? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. That's what but isn't I, that's it something how... to do with the G-Virus 2, though? Like, it has some G-Virus in it, if I recall, because then there was none of it in, in the Spencer estate. You know what I mean? That's a good point. I didn't. I never thought so. Anyway, but uh, the point I was trying to get at was it's in an orphanage. Uh, well, closed down. Oh, because it's like oh, it was, it was well. apparently sated. Well, oh, oh, I get what you're saying. Someone ate it, the kids. Ate, it mm. ate the babies. The, the, yeah. In 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 other words, fuck them. Kids. Fuck them. Kids. Which yeah. is in, wait, which is an inverse of Resident Evil Apocalypse's school scene where the kids ate the lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so this the one of the shittier <laughs> movies to ever okay. exist within the Resident Evil franchise. <laughs> They're all bad. Bomb the entire Alice franchise. You hear me? Give it a fucking uh, B.O.W. nuke. I did want Leon to turn around while everyone's slightly like, what the fuck? The town got nuked. And he could be like, we got to take down Umbrella. And then okay. we get 90s yeah. guitar riff. Bum, 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 bum. That's the only way it could have been better. <laughs> I know you guys probably want to close this episode, but I feel like in comparison of like the Resident Evil movies as a whole... How do you feel about this one compared to the Alice movies? Like, If you were going to choose which ones to watch... What do you think this would be your pick, or you choose one of the other ones? So, All right, who goes if first? I could just 
I'll I'll just watch the mansion scene with Chris, and that's about it. I'm done. The mansion super. I'm not cut. gonna watch the whole. Okay. I'm not. Mansion yeah, I would <laughs> I would watch just the mansion, a 30 minute short film of that, and that's fine. I'll I'll. Uh, I think it's missing a yeah, lot. No, yeah, no, I, I can't. I I don't find myself enjoying the Alice movies other than that first movie. I think that first movie really holds up, but other than that, I'd I'd rather watch this than that. Okay. So. It depends what I'm sitting down to do. If I'm sitting down to watch like a popcorn action movie, I'm going to watch the Alice movies. However, if I'm sitting down to watch something that feels like Resident Evil to me, I'm going to watch this one. Like it's they 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 scratch two different itches for me. Okay, one's kind of more like a zombie action movie with Resident Evil villains in it. Exactly. Where it's just like the Alice trilogy mm-hmm. where you could do the whole shoot 'em up bit. Yeah, exactly. Okay. How about you, CJ? Um, well, between those two, I would easily watch this one. If it has the soul of Resident Evil, that's something I don't think Alice movies have. Alice movies are good, like uh, James pointed out. Popcorn, sort of turn your brain off, watch action. I guess like Fast Five movies. Yes, I went. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, you. <laughs> I went there. I agree. Uh, as far as like, if I wanted to, I guess the CG movies. If I wanted to get depressed about how uh, people are ruining the franchise by liking Village. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> the, oh. This film. oh, thanks for pissing off all the Doomy Tress fans out there. Uh, <laughs> you can like the woman and not like the game. All right, there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, I don't know how Capcom feels when they put together a villains, a rogues gallery that's more charismatic than their actual heroes, and people want to see a game with the villains. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) It's because Ethan Winters is a fuck nut. Anyway, we're getting off track again. Yes. Okay. How do you feel about that question? I would rather watch this one if I'm gonna like what a Resident Evil movie. If I want to like. Let's say if I just put it on the background, I get to see the references, I get to hear, like, the lines. I'm going to know what's going on. It's a Resident Evil movie through and through to me, so I at least know what's going on. With, like, the Alice movies, they're a little bit more, like James pointed out, like, if you want to watch over-the-top action throughout most of it, I really enjoy the first, like, two and a half until you get to the end of the third Alice movie, and then it just ends up being, like, a whole concoction of prison toilet wine, but except of actual, like, wine, it's just shit and misery and depression, and, like, nobody should enjoy those. The but misery of writing yourself <laughs> wow. into a corner. How about you, Bone King? <clears throat> so, just gonna do this real quick. A quick shot. Takes a shot of rum. Alright, so. The Resident Evil movies have had a very rocky history. And I'm not gonna fucking sit just like here the games. And, and, and be like, oh, it needs to be like the games, I wanna see the games, it, it feels Resident Evil enough, okay. Wait, so didn't you far, just do that? <laughs> I know, right? But in any case, so far... <laughs> but in Resident, any case... <laughs> the Mila Jovovich movies. Mila Jovovich, I don't... The Alice films. Mila Jovovich, first, it's not that hard to name. You put some just, respect on keeps, that woman's name. Mila Jovovich, Paul W.S. Anderson. The fifth That's element. That's her full name. They're married. In any hold case, on. really... Hold on, hold let me that. finish my fucking... No! <laughs> the first two movies were sort of their own plot without really trying to tie too much into the game, at least the first one more than the second one. Because the second one, when they started putting in things and being like, hey guys, we're Resident Evil, here's Jill, here's Nemesis, and they kept on going down that thing where the fan service became more substance than the actual substance of the movies. And that's what happened with the Mm -hmm. Mila movies, with the Alice movies, sorry. With this film, 
I feel like we're just at that point already. Like, I get it. it we're seeing sets that look gorgeous. We're seeing props that look, like, spot on. But the thing is, it's all devoid of context, just like the fucking Alice movies were for me. I get it. The characters look a little bit closer, but ultimately, we're still not getting the story of Resident Evil, so they're both just zombie movies to me. You know what I mean? And if I gotta rank them, I'm literally ranking them on just being two different zombie movies that just so happen to have the same monsters as one of my favorite franchises. Right. They don't use ranking them the same them way. Ranking them is a whole different episode. I know, but Ra that's they a, don't use that's them. That's a talking tears in itself. <laughs> they don't use them the same way, but they they just reference it. And it, I, I don't... I don't see myself returning to this movie just because they they want to remind me that this is the stuff that Resident Evil fans know, but they don't want to put in the effort to really tell these stories. So I'd rather watch the, the fucking Resident Evil 1 with Mila, to be honest, because it's its own legit story on its own. It's doing its own Resident Evil thing. And it's owning that. Now, when they started moving on to bringing in Claire and fucking uh, random Leon and Barry towards the end, then it got ridiculous to the point where I think about how Welcome to Raccoon City is kind of now. It feels like slight references in a random generic zombie movie. So if you ask me to think that's which one's better as like a Resident Evil movie, I would think the first... Ow, Alice movie just banged my hand on the table. The first Alice movie, just because it tells its own story and it owns it and it stays within the narrative. Now I have to book a plane ticket to Florida so I can yell at you in person. Thank you. Hey man, I'm only defending uh, Resident Evil One, not not <laughs> the other sequels. Okay, like uh, they ran that shit into the ground. Like <laughs> to kind of wrap this up in a bow, we never really gave like. Uh, a closing thought or a grade for this movie. I'm going to start and then you guys decide whoever's next. Take the ball and okay, run with it. Wait, before you do that, because we had this argument, can we establish the scale here? Oh, one through five, not ten, because James doesn't like it. Well, no, it's not that I don't no, like it. No, because you don't like it. It's because on a, I believe on a one through ten scale, five is average. Five is the median. Yeah. But so if but these guys they see it as like a grading scale where like five is actually like 50 so it's like failing no but in my mind yeah, yeah but in what my mind it's one to ten where five is the average so i want to make sure that's the kind of scale we're using or we're not we could do like the regular just grading school system like a b c d f s okay. is perfect <laughs> oh yeah, which we're all giving S ranks. I'm hey, sure. I'm mine. Don't fucking tip me. I will spite you, George. I will give it the <laughs> this, most glowing this review. <laughs> I this will movie shat on dick Leon for the next fifteen minutes. <laughs> this movie shat on so, Leon so much it's an S rank. Absolutely. <laughs> so watching it the second time, I had this feeling of it being a more structured, better edited. 2016 Suicide Squad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. No. Like I, in terms of cheapness, I guess. But like the the that was I, an editing I, I, like. Travesty. Well, I think and dude, I no. What did I just say? Better. This edited? movie was better edited. Better editing. Better edited. Then, sorry, I'm a little drunk. So <laughs> better than 2016 Suicide Squad in terms of editing. Like this felt like that. It was a team up movie. There's this uh, MacGuffin that they have to go kill to get out <laughs> to escape this city that they were already in. Type of vibe. That's what I got from it. Obviously, it's not one-to-one, -one, but it's just the feeling that I had. 
Here's uh, Jill Valentine. Gonna... She's got my back. She can pick a door with <laughs> mowing the lawn. <laughs> so, uh, if I were to grade it, um, I'm going to do the fucking pompous shit that Resident Evil fans do. Mm-hmm. As a Resident Evil movie, it's a 7 out of 10. It's a, it's a C. Out of, as a film, it's probably 30%. It's not great. It's an F. As a film. Okay, so as a fan, you give it a C. As a film, you give it an F. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Interesting. Because, I mean, I might as well just jump in here, I guess, because I have, like, the inverse opinion. Uh, <laughs> I think that as a Resident Evil movie, it's very subpar. Like, I would... Oh, God, we're talking about grading averages. D? You know, D plus, if not, you know, you're doing your best, but D definitely. And in terms of a generic zombie movie on its own, C, completely basic. So I think it's D to F maybe, but if I want to be mean, like if I want to be really nitpicky about everything they're missing as a Resident Evil film, I'd give it an F, but they, the sets were gorgeous. So that gives it a fucking letter grade at the very goddamn least. So I'm giving it a D just for the fucking sets. It would you get gave like three grades. I <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm sorry. If it if it wasn't for the sets and the props, it would be an F. But since it was really good on that front, it's a D for a Resident Evil fan, right? But then for a random moviegoer, I think it's a C. It's just a generic zombie movie. All right, who's next? Okay, so hmm, I can't separate it from being like a Resident Evil movie. I don't look at it as anything else because I know all the references and what they're trying to do. Like, I watched it the second time, and I'm like, oh, that's great. I love it. I love these little bits. Like, going into the movie as a fan myself with, like, what I had relatively low expectations, like, it's a B. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. I would like to, like, watch the movie again. I'm gonna own it when it comes out, but if you look at it from a critical film standpoint, like, the characters and the arcs and everything, yeah, it's it's probably more of, like, the average run-of-the-mill zombie film that you're going to get Resident Evil references in, and I'm fine with that. It's better than what we had. I, I just have a question for you, though. It's like those things that you thought were neat, like the little references and nods. Is it just enough for it to just be shown? Is that enough or or well, does it need to actually have its purpose? I think when I'm going into a movie like this where I know beforehand they're combining the first two games and I know the lore is going to have to be a little bit more compressed, like when they do things like ask which one's going to be worse, being swallowed whole by a giant snake or being eaten by a shark, like that's enough because I don't need to see that in the movie. So like references like that or with the keys, things that wouldn't make, like if they ran around trying to figure out how to use the keys, I wouldn't have enjoyed that as much. But seeing all the keys that at least Trevor happened to have, I just enjoyed because it was a nice little nod that like I didn't necessarily need for the plot of the movie. But as a fan, I can look at it and be like, oh, shit, that's awesome. You guys at least get that thing. Like just little things like that throughout the entire time that I thought felt more like Resident Evil than what we've gotten before this. And that's what yeah. makes me really appreciate okay. it. Okay, and James, I, I don't mean you? to suggest oh. that I need a scene of them running around trying all the different keys. I just was just like, okay, there they are. You know what I mean? That's what a yeah. lot of these things were for me. It's just, okay, there they are. Like, But like I said, like that was enough for me going into this movie. That's kind of what sure. I anticipated them having. Same. Okay. How about you, James? What's your grade? So I'm not going to grade this uh, separately like as a Resident Evil movie or whatever because really at the end of the day... And this has been true for me for, like, the Jovovich movies, for any of this schlocky video game bullshit. Um, it's how much fun that I have watching it. And at the end of the day, I had fun watching it. I enjoyed uh, watching it together. There were moments where, like, the dude and I, like, slapped each other. Like, ah, we get that reference. Like, there were, it was, it was 
so for me, it's above average. It's like a C plus bending into maybe no, maybe not B minus. It could do a little more work to get to B minus, but it's a definitely at least a C plus for me. I but feel that's like similar there's... to how I ranked it too, actually. You know what I mean? That's As fine. a regular zombie movie, to see, it, I think most of but us are gonna say it's a C. I think across the board for me, even as a Resident Evil movie, I still give it a C plus. I feel okay. like this is kind of the same as like the new Candyman movie. It's going to be really good later on down the line, and it it's just a different version of it. I don't know. Like, there's a director's cut out there somewhere that's going to fill in a lot more of what we're looking for. I think if they have I... it. <laughs> I guess, but if and it's last supposed but not to be... Least. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to ask CJ is great. Okay. But if it's supposed to be so different, like, then what's the point of adapting this? Like, uh, but whatever, go ahead. Sorry, what's up, CJ? What you got? So, um, it's definitely... I, I, I came into this trying to look at it not just as a Resident Evil fan, as a horror film fan, a fan of, you know, the George Romero's, the Tom Savini's, and I, 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 it hit my marks as a Resident Evil fan. I made a small checklist, sent it to our interior Robot Stone Age, and it hit my checklist. It, I mean, barely. So I'll say it's definitely, I think it's a little above average. Uh, I think C-plus is a fair rating, but it will definitely have moments that stick with you. Um, for another perspective, my girlfriend, who is not uh, knowledgeable in Resident Evil at all, and not a fan of horror at all, went to see the film. I asked her opinion, and she said there's definitely moments that stuck with her. So, C+, overall, even as a Resident Evil fan, I had great fun. Um, there's moments that still stick with me to this to this second that were just stupid fun. So, yeah, remember, uh, very memorable C+. With that being said, freaks and robots out there, we'd love for you to tell us how you felt about the movie. In particular, by the way, I really want to hear from people who weren't Resident Evil fans, or who aren't, like, fans of the games, who watch this movie. Wait. I'd like to know... What? I don't think anyone that listens to your podcast is going to come in with, like, a base knowledge of Resident Evil. Just listening to any episode, they're going to know a lot more than the average <laughs> no, person about no, Resident you, Evil. You'd be surprised how many people just, you know, f fast forward, oh, they press little taps 30 seconds forward, and they skip Cody, you little, Totally easy. You're, 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 mis you're under the impression that people listen to this podcast. Yeah. Oh. That's the worst thing. That's... Yeah, that's we gotta. You need to curb Get your that expectations out of my head. there, but yes. But nonetheless, whether you've listened to it, whether you're a fan of the games or not, definitely hit us up on our Twitter. We are at f a n f r double e k s. You can also find us by the Facebook group under the same name. Robots. What's the robot podcast? What's the robot uh, social media? You can find us on Twitter at robots don't age, uh, just like the podcast name. And where can they find you guys individually if they want to yell at you specifically? Oh, um, you can usually find CJ behind uh, alleyways and whatnot because he doesn't do the whole social media thing too much. Am I, am I correct right. in that, CJ? No, you're right. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> behind an alleyway, gonna... uh, that's it. I thought you were going to say he's he's currently behind me. You can usually find him there. <laughs> oh, like, uh, well, well, we did live together for that year. <laughs> Your green screen did just jump. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm technically on Twitter at Cody Has Coffee, but I don't really use it because, you know, social media is just kind of a shithole. Oh, fair that's enough. <laughs> that being said, you can find me at Dr. That's D-R, Rude, M-D. Yes, and you can find Bone me King. at Bone King TV, uh, also on Twitch. At Dude. Adrian Dooliness on Twitter. Fantastic. And I now, think it's time for shoutouts. Shoutouts. 
Yeah. Uh, this is going to be weird for me because the people I'm shouting out are on. I know. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead and shout I'll us go. out. We'll be ready. So uh, I'd like to go ahead and shout out our usual, our hunt boys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Justin, Jeff, Scott. We appreciate it so much. My sister, Cheyenne. Thank you. I really, I, again, you, you mean so much to me. Uh, all the freaks that listen in, uh, you know, especially ones that have been with the group for forever. Thank you guys so much, dude. Uh, Lindsay misleading, uh, our resident Satana Zatara, Jesus Valentine, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Nicholas Yurtek, big shout out to you, homie, because you posted on Fan Freaks, the Facebook group, uh, how much you listen to the podcast. Even George doesn't listen that much to our show. <laughs> and uh, I edit it. <laughs> yeah. uh, which explains the editing. Uh, Paul Fusick. Wow, fuck you. Shots fired. See if I mix your show now. Uh, Paul Fusick, who I correctly called out, saying to be mad at me because I called him out on the show. He's now reached the episodes where he's featuring on the shoutouts. And lastly, our sister podcast. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, Robot Stone Age Crew, Cody, CJ, Kehlani. Thank you so much. I uh, bow to your greatness. Uh, greatness? Greatness. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the Mad Max world. We're like the guys begging for water. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Bone thank, King, thank give you. us your shoutouts. I was about to say, but I'll just start this out. Thank you for humoring us and, and being on the show and actually giving us an opportunity to say things, even though everything we say is drivel. You know what I mean? Just humoring mm -hmm. us and giving us that external influence. It keeps us human every now and then. And there's very little of that left. So, shout outs. Mm -hmm. Von Condersmite, Beefy Sumo, which by the way, Beefy, really love you. Thank you for super pushing this podcast. Like on the Discord, he was like, no, burn it to the ground. Anyway, uh, Squinty, Screechy Kai, Julian the Czar, Megan Peepo, Lindsay Misleading, Izumi Chenmaru, CJ to DJ, Boogle, and Burnsy. And Robots, do you guys have anyone you'd like to shout out? Uh, thank you, Vinny? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> hey, thanks, Mom. Like, usually suit Vinny. Yeah, oh, wow! Dude, you just reminded me. I Nobody don't shouted have... out Vinny this entire time, huh? Well, then again, he doesn't really listen to the show. Anyway. This motherfucker. <laughs> I, I did want wanna... to go ahead out of my way to go ahead and thank you guys for having us on. I do love what you guys are doing with the Eagle and Wolf Medallion as well as Fan Freaks. Um, thank you. As a Resident Evil fan, it's always hell of a hell of a blast to talk with you guys. Uh, and, and you too, James. Uh, it, it, this was real fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, let's be let's be honest here. He wasn't. We are having two James. I haven't crossed with James yet. We haven't had an official crossover till now. I know. That's what That's makes what it I'm so saying. Just just the way that was. Worded, no shade. No no shade. No shade to Doctor Root. I love the Doctor. There there is something to be said here. There is something to be said here that most of this show, what this special was great. Because it was like a behind-the-scenes case of this movie with CJ and Bone King, which <laughs> and we is were just also along ironic. For the ride. <laughs> as as long as, as people realize that I'm not just sitting here going, "Oh, it's not exactly yeah. from the games. I need it all one to one." You guys understood that, right? Yes. Like, I'm asking for and specific things. <laughs> no, but also to just call back to the excellent Resident Evil trivia episode that's on Robot Stone Age, where Bone King beat me. For the trivia, I think it's great that he fought with the actual person who made the question. <laughs> That's true. For what makes those. a Resident Evil movie, I feel it was like, it's like Ken, uh, what's that guy, Ken Jennings, the dude who won Jeopardy, fighting Alex Trebek. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, that was like shit, that Alex. moment. 
<laughs> no, Fuck you, Trebek. It's always fun to, like I did touch on in another episode, just to quickly wrap up. Resident Evil fans were usually fans for, you know, differing reasons. There's different things that sound out to each fan. So it was really mm. awesome to kind of have this exchange between fans who are freaks. Oh, of course. Huh? Yeah, well. Ah! Ah! Also, but Resident Evil is just a fucking series that just has a million different genres and shit. So it's just yes. a million yeah. different things people like. It's everywhere. But thank uh, you guys uh, for having us. And thank, thank you, thank you for being here. on, brother. Yeah. And thank Aww. and thank all the people listening in. You're all fantastic. This is thank a lot of you fun. for tolerating it. Exactly. Fuck you, Cody. Halloween three was good. I know Halloween three was good. <laughs> what are you talking sucked. about? It fucking sucked. Fucking sucked. Jason like Halloween three was better. Guys, oh you're just my god. Oh, what? Guys, what? yeah. Guys, I don't mean to alarm everyone, but the self-destruct sequence has been activated. Oh. Right here talking about this shit because fuck you CJ. <laughs> Alright, we're getting blown up. I'm out of here. <laughs>